Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, August 21st, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 332. This is No Agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gitmo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center in the woods behind the NSA headquarters just outside our nation's capital. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. <laughs> Hello? And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm sure this is going to be a, a mediocre. Oh, great. John C. Vorak here. Perfect. We've never been so tight. It's great. Jeez. Oh, it's like a long lag. I should have jumped on you uh, when you first said Adam. Yeah, you know, you should have started like in the morning is when you should have jumped on me. So there's a lag uh, that you should we should tell people about. The, uh, you, why don't you explain your situation so everyone has a clue that why this show is going to be uh, 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 a little mistimed. Yes, the uh, problem is uh, we arrived. So we decided uh, yesterday after our New York, New Jersey meetup, which of course we'll be talking about later, uh, that the uh, marina and RV park uh, conveniently located in Jersey City, New Jersey was not the nicest places to be. And uh, you just imagine a parking lot with lines and like some some elect- electrical wires thrown around. <laughs> that was where we were. We did not have the uh, expected view of the city and the uh, Statue of Liberty. We basically had a view of other RVs and uh, we decided to leave. So we uh, we actually decided to come all the way back down to Virginia about uh, well, with traffic and everything. About uh, seven and a half hours drive, pulled into a, a, a fantastic, beautiful RV camp, which literally is not far from NSA headquarters. It's in the same woods, essentially. Really nice, exactly what we wanted. The Wi-Fi was great, so I'm like totally happy. Uh, then I find out that uh, they limit your bandwidth down to dial-up speeds if you exceed 60 megabytes per hour of bandwidth usage. So uh, we uh, tried that this morning, uh, hooking up, and I know I can even see right now that John can probably barely hear me. Uh, We are currently on the 3G connection, which gives us about, oh, I don't know, a five-hour lag time. And uh, John, uh, in the morning to you, over. Oh, God. Yeah, over. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm picking it up. Yeah, we have a long lag, and I want to say uh, hi to everybody, uh, including yourself and the ships at sea. Yes, in the morning to all the uh, human resources in the chat room. Hey, I didn't say over yet. Oh, sorry. Oh. Over. In the morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. Uh, all charged up and ready to go exactly the way your uh, government loves you. So sorry about this. It's always very difficult. It's probably a little uh, harder for John, uh, who uh, can then, of course, barely hear any clips, anything else that's coming down the line. It may stabilize a little bit, John, within, uh, within the hour or so. It kind of depends on how many people are using the AT&T cell uh, connection that is a... Uh, around here so we'll just uh, go with the flow over well we all uh, and we also have to deal with the fact that skype is is it doesn't like this connection it's been giving us grief because you just sped up you sound like a mouse oh cool the helium effect i like that a lot well screw it um so anyway why don't i just kick it off john and uh, and say that the uh, the word is finally out 
<laughs> this, this, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> this is going to be very, very hard. Go. What word? The word is out. We're staying in Iraq. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. What do you mean? There's no? been a couple of different. Uh, this is this is no. This word is out is not accurate. Let me play uh, play the clip of no. I, I've heard that too. I, I've got both sides of the story, but the the uh, word is out that we're not staying in Iraq. Well, hold on a second. Before we play the clip, I have here an interview in the Stars and Stripes with Leon Panetta, and he says that the Iraqis have asked for us to stay. And he gave an official interview in the Stars and Stripes. So uh, I don't understand. I mean, okay, it's not a it's not a press release yet, but it seems like it's it's there. We're we're done. We're staying. They just haven't said how many people they want. I it's my understanding the Iraqis made it clear that they don't want us. And that whole thing that, that Panetta did was bullcrap. Well, then why? Wait a minute. This is weird. What, and for, by the way, we did mention last on our last show, Hillary already predicted this, uh, that we're going to stay because she had it on good authority. But right. good authority seems to be Panetta just making it up as he goes along. All right. So what clip do you have? Well, I got the clip from, uh, from uh, Democracy Now!, which is the... Uh, clip about uh actually the one that we should play which is the uh the meta clip there's a meta clip clip of a clip we've never done this on the show before and i hate to do it on this miserable show that we're doing but this is a clip on democracy now of a clip on pbs on uh of a with it within an interview of a guy from iraq who thinks that everything that we're hearing and, and everything that's that we're talking about is bullcrap. It's all set up. It's a, but the, but the democracy now people don't realize that the whole thing's a setup. They 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 still believe PBS is is on the up and up. Anyway, play that clip. Perspective on this, uh, for instance, Margaret Warner of PBS recently spoke with the uh, Washington Post, Annie Gowan, who's reporting from Baghdad. And in the interview, Gowan said she spoke to Iraqis who were afraid that their country would descend into more sectarian violence if U.S. troops withdraw. This is a clip. Have you heard anyone express fear that that Iraq could see a return to the kind of sectarian violence that they had back in 06 and 07? Yes, actually, I spoke to just an Iraqi man today who said, you know, I, we want the American troops to stay. You know, we are afraid that when they leave, the minute they leave, civil war will descend on the country again. And, you know, nobody wants to go, nobody here wants to go back to those days of the sectarian violence in 07 when, you know, you couldn't, the Iraqis couldn't even walk to work without seeing corpses in the street. Uh, so, Ray Gerard, is that your, your view from what you saw, that the Iraqis are, are looking to the United States to save them from further sectarian violence? You know, I, I have rejected these arguments all along. In the last 20 years of conflict between the U.S. and Iraq, I have always rejected the argument that the U.S. is there to protect Iraqis from themselves and to protect Iraqis from other Iraqis. These arguments have expired years ago. Uh, I think it's uh, it doesn't make sense anymore to even use these arguments because there are no U.S. troops 
patrolling Iraqi streets anymore. So I don't know how would that Iraqi man uh, claim that the U.S. is protecting Iraq, uh, saving Iraq from a civil war that is awaiting around the corner if we end our occupation and give Iraq back to the Iraqis. The U.S. has no tools to protect Iraqis from each other anymore, even if it wanted to. I don't think the intention is there, but even if the intention is there, there are no means to do that. Uh, all of my trip in Iraq, I have not seen a single U.S. Um, patrol or tank going around streets. Uh, all of the U.S. troops have went back to their bases uh, since uh, 2009. Well, of course. I mean, they're all at the base. There's 50,000 people. Hillary's got to fill up the beds. These are not. We don't want troops to go and patrol the streets. We just need uh, people to fill up the embassy. Well, I mean, that's di- but that's different, don't you think? I mean, if they're saying that that's, I mean, I know they want to fill up that embassy and keep it staffed, and it's, they actually took over the down you know, that whole part of town and made it the green zone, which is now essentially the, the America's 51st state. So I'll just give you the quote. Um, Here it is. Defense Secretary Leon Panetta announced Friday that Iraq has already requested the U.S. remain beyond 2011. The Pentagon is in the process of negotiating that agreement. Pentagon told Stars and Stripes, quote, My view is that they finally did say yes. My view? (laughs) Yeah. That's official enough. It's it's my opinion that they said yes. Is that what he's saying? (laughs) That's what he's saying. How awesome is it? Isn't that great? He wants to. He wants us to stay so desperately that he's just throwing his own opinion in there. It's like, yeah, yeah. I think they said yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think they said yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh man. Magic Eight Ball says prospects look good. Nice. <laughs> All right. Then then let's forget Iraq. Yeah, let's stay with Lucifer. I'll tell you, yeah, we probably should. Except, I, do I have another rock clip? I'm not sure. Let me take a look at the mail. But but I do have the New York Times here, the Sunday Times, and there is not one mention of Iraq in the whole front section. So I'm thinking that, you know, this is not the week for talking about Iraq. No, it's not. This is the week for talking about Syria. That is why uh, Panetta probably blew it. He probably jumped the gun, didn't follow the script. Let's face it, the guy's new in this position. He's always been out in the field. And now, of course, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's back in the office. I'm thinking with the New York, looking at the New York Times, I'm thinking that it's actually the week to be talking about Libya. No, no, I'm sorry. And I have a couple of clips to prove it. Um, here's Lucifer. She gave uh, one of her clippity-clop walks. In fact, I, I recorded the clippity-clop, John, just so you could hear it. No, yeah, she's going to need to see a podiatrist. <laughs> it'll, it'll sound better on the podcast. But she's like clip, clop, clippity, clop. Because you know she has hooves. That's that's her problem. So she comes out. And, uh, of course, this is uh, Syria. And we know that the president, as we uh, discussed uh, uh, on Thursday's show, he came out with an executive order. Uh, we're going to steal all their money. And here's just a, uh, a quick uh, a clip about um, what it's all about for her, as predicted, by the way. The Assad government has now been condemned by countries in all parts of the world and can look only to Iran for support for its brutal 
and unjust crackdown. Now, I think this is pretty significant, what she's saying here, that they can only look to Iran. What, what does that mean? They're next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she, she tried, you know, she's had this whole, uh, she started off with the chorus of condemnation. Then it was the, uh, the choir of condemnation. And she still can't get it right. The steps that President Obama announced this morning will further tighten the circle of isolation around the regime. No, Hillary, not the circle of isolation. Oh, no, no, no. You've got to get it better. It's not the circle of isolation. All along, as we have worked to expand the circle of global condemnation. No, Hillary, it is not the the circle of condemnation. (laughs) Try it again. In just the past two weeks, many of Syria's own neighbors and partners in the region have joined the chorus of condemnation. There we go. All right. We'll just get the chorus of con. This is all in one speech. Circle of isolation. Circle of condemnation. Chorus of condemnation. Clippity She's clop, tired. Clop. She's tired. She's tired. You know, you know, I just got to say one thing. Uh, before we she left. She doesn't get a lot of sleep. Before we left, we were still at Uncle Don's place. <laughs> he, uh, he says, uh, oh, man, I shouldn't even tell you this. I will. He's not listening. He says, Hillary Clinton, she got cankles and a hair problem. <laughs> like, all right, done. Go. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'll just wait until you catch up with me. Uh, well, yeah, well, it sounds like I'm way behind. Yeah, okay, we're good again. So anyway, so Syria, yeah, go uh, on. Yeah, Syria clearly is uh, is on deck, and it all makes sense. Our president has once again uh, left on vacation. Last time when we attacked Libya, he was in Brazil. Now he's uh, in Martha's Vineyard, and uh, the uh, the assets have been frozen. Uh, essentially, all the money has now been stolen, and we can just wait for the UN to catch up. All we need is a resolution. Maybe they can make it one instead of 1973, make it resolution 1974. And then we can implement the no-fly zone and uh, take whatever we whatever we need. Although it'll be interesting to see how that all works out with Russia having their naval base there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, God. God. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna reestablish connection. Okay. Because it's just too much here. Hold on. We'll have to do this a couple times during the show. But you know what? We're still here. It doesn't matter. Rain or sleet nor snow or whatever it is, we're bringing you the show. At least that's what we try to do. Come on, Johnny boy. There we go. That's better. You think this is going to be better? Yeah, we'll have to do it a couple times throughout the show. We'll just, uh, we, we won't be able to interact right. as much as, as normal. Yeah, maybe a good thing. So, uh, all right, well, you might be right, but I mean, I'm not seeing the evidence, uh, at least so far as my clips, I don't have no clips on, on Syria, and I have uh, the front page of the New York Times, which is pushing the Libya thing, which they claim now, I mean, we've been, of course, this has been going on forever, you know, that any minute now they're taking over. Yeah, they keep saying that the rebels have, uh, are getting closer to Tripoli. <laughs> That's what they keep saying. Yeah. They're making a mess of the place from these photos. So that'll we'll, we'll talk about that later in your uh, in your Sunday Times segment. Is there anything else you wanted to hit? So on? I've got some my my no, not on that, not in terms of the Middle East. I mean, most of my material because I spent all the time watching C-SPAN and listening to some various spooks talk to other spooks because it was Spook Week. 
And um, and I picked up a few interesting tidbits that are kind of interesting for people who have uh, looking for meta uh, concepts, you know, about some way some of these operations. And also Chertoff got a bunch of Chertoff clips which need to be deconstructed. Let's roll with that. Well, actually, let's roll with something else that's just for starters to get it out of the way, which is the Bachman bombshell question. She Bachman, by the way, was floating around giving and she's very charming because they, they had the camera on her the whole time before and after. And, you know, she was actually I was John, wait a minute, John, John it, it, you've been away from home too long. What do you mean? She's charming. She's getting free. She's very. Uh, no, I'm telling you, when you see her at the at these uh, open houses or whatever she does, she's actually <laughs> what is she in real, nice. She, what it's is made. she in real estate now? She does open houses. That's what it looks like. So anyway, so she's doing questions and answers with the audience, and this little kid comes up and just drops this bomb on her, and she doesn't know what to say about it, and I don't know what to think about it, and I think it needs looking into. And my question for you is this: How do you, as a mother? feel about Texas Governor Rick Perry allowing a Texas sheriff to sell nude pictures of my three little sisters and me. Well, that's quite a question. Thank you for asking. I'm glad I'm glad Whoa. that you're here in the audience today. I can't answer it, dear, because I don't have any information about it. I cannot do that. And um, and so I'm sorry. I just I, I can't answer. I can't answer. Oh. Will you please check into it, though? Well, I'm sure that now that you've uh, put it out here. I have no doubt that it will be checked into. So, so there you go. Do right. we have one more one question? More over here. Wow! Clip of the week. He kicks it off. Clip of the week. That's awesome. Wow! I was just like, it just dropped me, and it obviously stunned her. What? <laughs> That is Texas Governor Rick Perry allows a sheriff to sell nude photos of her and her little sisters. This has got to be some big setup. You know, we've got that guy who took out that ad, you know, saying if you had sex with Rick Perry, you know, we'll help you out. The acronym for the organization conveniently conveniently, uh, spells out cash, C-A-S-H. So obviously they're going after this guy, but this is this is outrageous. I can't believe this isn't. Why isn't this all over the news front page? Because Rick Perry is set up to be a. a, a, a the, in fact, during since the last show we did in this show, he has become the number one candidate. And you watch all these talk shows, and they're all promoting him as the number one guy, the guy to beat. <laughs> the guy just showed up, and he's apparently a pervert. Let me just hear this again. That was an awesome clip. Let me just hear it again. And my question for you is this: First of all, the kid is totally uh, prompted. The kid is like completely he's got a script. By the way, Shirley Duh. Shirley Temple. Love it. Great job. Great job. How do you as a mother feel about Texas Governor Rick Perry allowing a Texas sheriff to sell nude pictures of my three little sisters and me? Well, that's quite a question. Thank you for asking. I'm glad I'm glad that you're here in the audience today. I can't answer She has a duty. Michelle Bachman has a duty to report this douchebag. She should she should be going to the authorities. She should call Napolitano. We've got Pedo Bear in Texas. Well, so I, you look up, you go to Google, and you'd go Rick Perry Little Girls News, just as one possible search, and you'd get nothing. All you do is you get the stuff about him forcing vaccinations. 
Maybe I should change it to Little Girls Nude. Yeah, because Little Girls, of course, is uh, all the Google juice is going to. Oh, here it is. Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches. Here it is. Nacogdoches Sheriff sold nude pics of little girls. Nacogdoches Sheriff sold nude pics. Texas Rick Perry will not investigate this former president of the. Let me open it up. <laughs> yeah, this is the, Where's my pedo bear jingle when, when you need it? This is great. I love this. Makes total sense. Uh, this is like just a gossipy thing. It does, yeah, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It makes total sense that this guy is in the pedo bear the elite the, circles. The, the, he's the former president of the Sheriff's Association of Texas. You guys uh, named uh, so nude pictures of children. He must be investigated. He will be investigated. This is just a this is just a forum. It's not even a news story. Nobody's covering this one way or the other. The problem that I have is that if he if this isn't true, which it probably is. I mean, I, who knows? But why why is there no coverage saying this is a scam or somebody setting him up or John, something like John, that? Try this. Tr- try this. Try uh, try googling this. Pictures of naked little girls. There'd be a knock on the door if I Google that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, uh, then let me just... Wow, that's great. Clip of the week. Bravo. Let me uh, let me give you my uh, my quick Perry clips. I have a couple. Of course, uh, you probably heard... If you've been on the interwebs, you probably saw this little C-SPAN ditty where... Um, uh, some dudes bag from Bank of America walks up and the microphones are hot. They're on while C-SPAN is running. And he says, uh, hey, uh, Bank of America here. Don't worry, we're going to help you out. Yeah. Bank of America, we will help you out. Yeah, yeah don't worry. Bank of America, we're going to help you out. I love that. That's how it works. It's exactly how it works. Wow. Yeah, you didn't see that? You didn't hear about that? We'll help you out. Had you seen that clip? Because I was amazed. No, by I missed it. that one. Yeah, so the the it was um, he's there shaking no. hands with people, and then no. and the Bank of America guy walks up, and literally he's like, "Eh, Bank of America, don't worry, we're gonna help you out." Now then, um, on CNN, a former um, I think he was the assistant or deputy uh, secretary of the treasury, Bruce Bartlett. He comes out and. Uh, and he says exactly what he thinks about Rick Perry. Good clip. I, I mean, I hear this from you. I hear this from other reasonable people who are saying, you know, what we need to do to make sure that the system, uh, the system can withstand whatever it is we're facing in the world. And then you hear people like Rick Perry on the campaign trailer, Sarah Palin uh, saying that Rick Perry's absolutely right. And they're blasting the Fed. And there's, you know, Rick Perry's saying the Fed is treasonous. I mean, I don't think politically can the Fed do anything else. Well, Rick Perry is an idiot, and uh, uh, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? That's Bruce Bartlett. He's a former uh, deputy secretary of the Treasury, I think, under uh, maybe Clinton, perhaps Bush. But I just love it. It just comes out. It rolls off the tongue so nicely. Well, Rick Perry's an idiot. That's perfect. But what's interesting, and this is actually that CNN show where those two women, you know the one I'm talking about that's always on in the morning? And they're like, you know, they're they're so smart and they're so all over everything, but they're not kind of hot. They're not like uh, they're just not. They're just not uh, not Fox News hot. They're kind of uh, well, actually, I'll give him a. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. F- so I'll give him a little milfy credit, but now they're going to be really smart and actually shill for the Fed at the end of end of this interview. The other one comes in. I forget what her name is, and. Uh, 
And she says, well, let's go back to that because, you know, words really matter. And it's really, you know, it's really bad when people say the Federal Reserve is treasonous because people can get confused. And just listen to how they shill for the Fed. And they actually are going to hold up a piece of paper, one sheet, as if it's the Fed's uh, balance sheet, which they've read and understood. Bro, I wish we had more, more time. Well, Jim actually, and I, I just, you know, going back to Rick Perry, because, Bruce, <laughs> you called Rick Perry an idiot. Um can you just expound on that? I mean, is, is his kind of talk, how is that affecting, you know, our economic situation or the way Americans understand what's happening in the economy? Well, uh, to, to the extent that he has people thinking that the Fed doing its normal job is somehow or other a treasonous act is, is, is grossly irresponsible. And to the extent that people think that Perry knows what he's talking about, it does put a constraint on the Federal Reserve to be able to be more aggressive, which I think that it should be. Uh, the idea that we're debasing the currency is just the grossest nonsense. You can find the data as easily as I can and show that Ben Bernanke has probably had the lowest level of inflation as Fed chairman than any Fed chairman in history. Uh, so the, the, if, any, if he's to be criticized for anything, it's deflation, right. not inflation. And you hear all this about transparency, Bruce. And I mean, I'm looking, we're, Carol and I are looking at the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve right in front of us. Um, it's more transparent uh, today than it has been in, in the past 10 years or the past 20 years. What? I mean, really? The, the Fed has been more transparent? Let me think. Didn't we have what? to sue? I I, uh... Over. No, I think, I, you know what, I think technically she's right. I'll tell you why. The wordage, and words matter, the wordage was it's more transparent than it's ever ever been. That that could be because they were so untransparent. Press conference, one press conference, maybe two, that in itself makes them more <laughs> okay. transparent than they've ever been, but it doesn't mean anything. But, no. the, but they're technically right. Okay, but then for them to hold up one sheet of paper and go like, yeah, we were just looking at the balance sheet over a cup of Sanka, and uh, wow, it's so incredibly easy to understand. But then... Yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're idiots. Yeah, then MILF number two comes out with this. Uh, but it's still sort of the same old conspiracy theories and criticisms that you keep hearing. And I think, Carol, it's a really good point. How Conspiracy theories, yes. Conspiracy theories about the Fed, the, the beast from Jekyll Island. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh, does that... How does that hurt sort of the healing it, it process? It confuses people because they right. don't know who to believe or what to believe because when you use language like that, it makes it difficult to hear anything else. You hear the word treason and you're like, oh, and you don't hear anything else. That's right. Treason. All right. I see our lag has just gotten a little worse, John, but uh, we'll have to live with it. Over. <laughs> oh, God. Over. Well, yeah. I'm not hearing you. No, I know. I, I, I got you. It's all right. It's, uh, it's just a minor interruption. The NSA is tinkling with the wires. We'll be back in a second. It's okay. All right. The minute you hear me, I would say uh, come back, good buddy, and uh, go on a tear. Maybe we should have some music during this show so people can... Uh, Enjoy themselves. They sound good again. Yeah, now you sound like crap. It's all right. Go I ahead. You get automatically disconnected and automatically reconnected in some funny way. I think is interesting. I've never seen that yeah. so. so.
I sound like crap normally. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, we're just gonna reconnect. This is gonna be one of those shows, peeps. Sorry about that. It's just... You're offline, it says. You've lost internet connectivity. Well, I'm clearly not offline. I'm not. I'm here. Oh, gosh. Hold on a second. Let me, uh... Get you some bishvat while that's taking place. That's funny. It says I'm offline. Interesting. Yet it lets me call the Skype bitch. There we go. Alright. It was saying I was offline, which I clearly wasn't. Hello? Oh, well you are now. I yeah. mean, you're not now. Yeah, alright. I thought I'd call you to see if I uh, would uh, change the... No, I guess not. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, why don't we uh, thank our executive producers? So that didn't help? No, not really. Yeah, you're going to have to obviously fill in here reading off the spreadsheet. Ready? Yep. So we have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, let's see. We have a lot of executive producers because we're getting up on show 333, and I want to remind everybody that 333 is the next show we do, which will be a lot better quality than this one, Oh yeah. mainly because it will be connected. <laughs> because yeah, so we got one, two, three, We won't be using the string four, and tin cans. We have six executive producers, beginning with Victor Gregg out of Atlanta, Georgia, contributing three, four, five, six, seven for episode three thirty two and beyond. Asking for a plug for his business, Entonomics.com. We're software consultancy offering the services of Paladin in the twenty first century. Have fun and have fun will travel in the morning. It's E N T O Entonomics. Entonomics. Jerry Lenski, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, three thirty-three thirty-three, sending a check rather than using PayPal to avoid our bankster overlords from getting a cut of our transaction for which they deserve nothing. Hopefully, the mail will be quick enough. I'll get credit for episode three thirty-three. Like to add my voice to those requesting John to spread the word out on his different venues. Hey, it's called channeldvorak.com. Yeah, no, he means like something. He there. means something that like a lot of people see. Well, if you go to channeldvorak.com, they would see it. <laughs> then you'd have uh, a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe there'd be a Hot Pockets 2009 tour next year because he wants you to come by. And, and you can be sure that there's going to be a Hot Pockets 2009 tour next year. Uh, should I tell you something? Back in the RV. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think. Uh, have you been like texting with Mickey or something behind my back? Because she's like. You know, we shouldn't stop. We should just do more of this. Now, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> she, yeah, I want to go to all, but you know, she she wants to do it a little differently, where maybe uh, we'll go to a state and then uh, get a vehicle locally and then do one or two states in the region, then go back home, which I think is a pretty good idea. But in essence, she's getting closer to your wish. Let me mention, remind you of something that you you seem to have forgotten in your initial idea. You actually wanted to drive on the Trans-Canada Highway to Alaska. Yeah, I still want to do that. Just not, not this week. You. Just not this week. I don't want to do it yet. We're so tired, John. You have no idea how tired we are. Well, you seem grumpy. Uh, Dean Bertram in Accra, Ghana. Three thirty-three, thirty-three. That's nice. We finally. I think that's our first African Ghanaian guy from Ghana. Paul Groves, uh, Kenneton, Victoria, or Kine, Kinton, Kinton, maybe or Kinton. 
Uh, in the morning, John and Adam, here's 333.33 from Gitmo Nation Down Under, have been on the $5 plan, but now it's time to uh, really be a donor after a long trip to our nation's capital. All that kept me and my girlfriend, Aggie, sane was your awesome show. I may even have uh, converted her to becoming a listener. I, could I grab some karma, please, for myself and her? You've got karma. He also wants me to do the Hot Pockets imitation for his phone's next ringtone, uh, which we'll do. We'll do it. On, I'll tell you on a 333 show when you have a better connection. I'll do it for you then. Uh, so send me an email and remind me. Okay. Robert Darden in Hoboken, New Jersey, Hoboken. who you must have just seen. 33333 is for karma for up and coming trip in the 67 VW camper van from New Mexico to New Jersey. Hoboken. You've got. Can I have my seven year old son, Tom, de douched in an attempt to get him to stop saying douchebag at the top of the voice? You've been de douched. No, he needs de douching, not karma. No, it says right there, this is for karma for our uh, upcoming trip, and then I gave anyway, it de-douching, except you're listening to it uh, tomorrow instead of now, when I'm doing it. <laughs> right. Okay. And then we have Baron von Pelsmachers from Belgium, or who owns Belgium, actually. Uh, 33333, hail the foots. Discon Allen Geluk Berengen E. Berengen. On towards show 666. By, by the way, show 666. Yeah, let's start for that. Matthew Stroh, and we want to thank the Baron for everything he's done. Matthew Stroh, Holly Springs, North Carolina, 332. He's a member of the 332 Clubs. Real slaves are part of the 232 Club. Yay for knighthood. <laughs> Yay. Safe travels. And finally, WWORX. In Norwell, Massachusetts, uh, pronounced works, W-W-O-R-X. This is gassing for gassing up the RV, as promised, when Adam and Mickey were in Boston. $200, uh, you'll be the associate executive producer for today's show, 332. I want to remind everybody, go to Dvorak.org slash N-A, channeldvorak.com slash N-A, and also noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com, where uh, you can... Um, partaking of other sorts of things there we'll talk about that at the break yeah and then we have uh, one more uh, executive producer for today this is uh, uh, e. Adam Atia uh, goes by the name Adam uh, he showed up at our New Jersey New York meetup in uh, Hoboken New Jersey and he became a knight on the spot donating the uh, required amount of $1,000 in cash and uh, I ignited him with a pizza cutter uh, pictures to be found on the uh, Hot Pockets uh, Facebook page. I, it pains me to say it's on the Facebook page, but I'll be uh, writing up another blog post and we can put it on a safe haven. So he also is an executive producer for today's program and, of course, will receive her his uh, knighthood later on. And as John just said, this is, uh, is great um, that everyone is jumping on the 333 uh, Club membership because it really is helping us in these uh, dog days of summer. And just to program your brain one more time. Dvorak.org slash N-A and I will be mentioning other Hot Pockets producers who helped us out at our meetup. Uh, some PR mentions first, which uh, do need to uh, go out. Uh, these are all uh, domain names that forward to noagendashow.com. And we got a couple uh, that, of course, you can find all these at domains.nashownotes.com. We have a kind of a cool system set up. You can also find all the show notes for today's episode at 332.nashownotes.com. So forwarding to the show, we have crotch2012.com. Not quite sure why, but I like it. 
politicalwasteland.com, crotchperry.com. Was there a crotch story with Perry that I missed outside of the pedo bear pictures? We wish. <laughs> uh, transportationsecurity.com, which is good because I can see people Googling for that one. I like that a lot. And RoadToTripoli.com, which uh, could become, uh, well, Hillary might want to have that one one of these days. Another forward, ThePresidentialRV.com. Thank you very much, Sandler. That's a good one. As uh, the Obama bus uh, continues to roll throughout uh, the, uh, the large wasteland of Gitmo Nation. StopIgnoringRonPaul.com, which I think could be, uh, it, it is forwarding now to NoAgendaShow.com. It could be so much more than just that. I mean, it could actually be, uh, what's that, daughter? You, did you just buy me a lone wolf picture? I love it. That's great. Well, you bought that at the All camp right. store? <laughs> she had, at the camp store, she bought me a lone wolf picture. That's awesome. That's great. Did you, you didn't tell him why, though, did you? Okay. I love you too, darling. She can't come in the RV because if she does, guaranteed the, the, the signal goes away. So she's like outside in the, in the heat. Poor girl. And then finally, uh, we got a note from our producer, Alan, from Gitmo Nation Cuckoo Clocks. In the morning, John and Adam, well, it was worth a try, but it seems like you need some kind of underwriting sponsorship advertising, call it what you like, before the Guinness Book of Records are interested. I received a reply from them a few goes, uh, days ago stating the following. Of course, uh, Alan was trying to get us into the uh, Guinness World Book of Records with a, uh, a mention for the most independently registered domain names pointing to a single site. Uh, here's what uh, Guinness said, quote, Thank you for sending us the details of your recent record attempt for website with the most independent domain name forwards. We are afraid to say <laughs> that we are unable to accept this as a Guinness World Record. As a cons- <laughs> yeah. However, Alan says, as a consolation prize, I have registered noworldrecordforyou.com, which, of course, is forwarding to No Agenda Show. And, uh, yeah, I think we should give them a big fat... Uh, those guys are clearly douchebags. I mean, this is a valid attempt. I think we, I think we it got... It is. It sounds right to me. We got gypped. Totally got gypped. Well, you know what? We can keep hounding them. Yeah. So anyway, thanks to... You're going to uh, get sick of it. You know, if you keep, if you keep hounding them, they're going to get sick of it, and they're going to have to relent. How sad is it that my ex-wife got into the Guinness World Book of Records as oldest playmate ever, and I can't even get, like, a couple domain name forwards in the Guinness World Book of Records? Something wrong with that. Oldest playmate ever? Yeah. Yeah, she was in the Dutch Playboy. Uh, she was uh, 79. That's... Yeah. <laughs> 79. The lag is hilarious on this show. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much uh, to E. Adam Atia for uh, being an executive producer today and, of course, becoming a knight, along with Victor Gregg, Jerry Lensky, Dean Bertram. Let me just scroll down here. Uh, Paul Groves, Robin Durden from Hoboken, New Jersey, Baron Stephen von Pelsmachers, Matthew Stroh, and uh, our associate executive producer, Works from Boston. We highly appreciate the support, and of course, we'll be uh, thanking more people later on in our donation segment. One more time to program the brain. These credits, by the way, are completely real. You can uh, put them on your IMDb. You can do whatever you want with them. And if anyone wants to know if they're for real, unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we'll vouch for you. Just give us a call. Meanwhile, everybody else can go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. 
<laughs> Go. Go. Gone. So I had uh, got a couple of things. Yeah, here I come. Um, they're just throwaways. Uh, I was watching Democracy Now!, obviously. I had that clip earlier. But they also did a, a clip that I thought was abhorrent in terms of just misreporting and miscommunicating and misle- misleading is the word I'm looking for. They were misleading their viewers with this clip. First, let's play the clip. Is Democracy Now!, bad reporting. And then listen. Listen to careful what she says, and I'll tell you what you were looking at as they ran this clip. Another pipeline has ruptured near the flooded Missouri River Basin. As much as 3,300 barrels of natural gas leaked on Saturday near Onoa, Iowa. The spill comes just a month after an ExxonMobil pipeline leaked 1,000 barrels of crude into the flooded Yellowstone River in Montana, which feeds the Missouri River. Oh, yeah. This is where uh, television really works on your brain. So let me guess. They were either showing the Exxon Valdez spill or they were showing the uh, Gulf Coast BP spill? Well, they, first of all, it was, an, it was I forget how many, 30,000, 300,000, doesn't make any difference. Barrels, she says, of natural gas. 33, by the so way. So what is natural? It was a, okay, it was a magic was number. Yeah. Okay. Natural gas. Now, what does natural gas do? It doesn't come. It, it doesn't come in it, barrels. It evaporates. Does it spill? Does no. It, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't come in barrels. It just goes into the air, and that's the end of it. It's like a big bunch of cow farts, right? It's methane. So wow. they say that, but then they they just quickly mentioned it was very similar. It was similar to the thousand barrels of oil that. Then they show this the river all covered with oil, and then they. Sh- show some some reader all black with oil and they show a bunch of oil clips of oil in the river while reporting on a natural gas leak yeah. i mean give me a break you phonies yeah well the dude it, oh by the way for those of you new to the program and i have uh, a feeling we may have some new listeners because we've been doing a lot of meetups and people are very motivated first of all we don't usually suck this bad but this is all because of the connection so tune in next week for a better show second of all we assassinate the media. And what John just did is a, is a fantastic example of that, of how, I mean, it totally bullcrap reporting. I've got a clip, which is kind of a throwaway. Robert Reich, you know him, John? Yeah, he's the former Secretary of Labor for Clinton, and now he teaches at the University of California, and he's actually, a, a, he's only like four foot three, <laughs> I think, something like that, very short. Well, he'd be good for Michelle Bachman. But anyway, it's noteworthy because he it's noteworthy because he actually cannot unless you have I think it takes two orange c- crates to get him up so he can be above a, a podium. So he usually wanders around on stage when he speaks. Well, as you have mentioned previously, that should be on his wiki page. We believe that everyone's height should be listed on their wiki page. So go in and change it right now. Put in there height four foot three. So Robert Reich uh, is doing uh, one of his uh, one of his paid gigs. Uh, at a at a university, and he, uh, of course, is on television a lot. You know, he's on uh, news programs. I guess he's a a paid uh, guy to do news hits, right, John? I'm not sure that he's getting. He has a couple of books out. He does very well for himself. And by the way, I want to mention to people out there while we mention the height thing, it's because we we believe it has some does affect people's personalities and the way people uh, perceive them. It's not because we care that he's short, but yeah, uh, we do. We like to mock anyway. short people. What are you talking about? This is the only reason we want that. 
Here's Reich so. talking about one of his appearances on television and how it works. I was on a television show not long ago, and during the station, I was debating somebody, and during the station break, uh, in my ear, the producer said, be angrier. I said, I, you know, I thought we were having a very constructive debate. I, I actually enjoyed the debate. I think people were learning something. Uh, I don't want to be angry. She said, you have to be angrier. I said, why? And she said, because people are surfing through the channels, and they will stop when they hear people shouting at each other. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to do it. She said, you have to do it. And then I lost my temper. <laughs> That's a good story, by the way. Yeah, and that clip is, yeah, that actually almost had that clip too. Uh, I, for some reason, I didn't clip it. Uh, yeah, no, that's classic. If you work on any of these shows, you, they put an IFB in your ear. But before you even get booked, generally speaking, for example, if you're going to do CNBC or any of these where they always have the talking heads, they'll ask you in advance. They'll tell you what the topic is, and they say, what's, do you have a side that you want to take? And you have to have a really strong side. You can't say, well, I could go either way. You're not getting on the show. No, exactly. You say, I think it's the worst idea in history. You're on the show. And, uh, but you have to maintain that position. You can't go on the show and say, well, maybe I'm wrong. You can't do that. You have to, put, you have to be, you know, it has to be interesting. I mean, it's entertainment. That's all there is. I mean, so what? Yeah. And but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, the whole thing's a scam, which is not what we. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we're probably going to make this one of our shorter shows <laughs> because this is very, very uh, difficult. Let me just wait until John uh, comes back here. Now, there are two things I can do. I can uh, post produce the program and I can take out all of these annoyances or I can just leave it in and uh, have a nice lunch with Miss Mickey. That might be the way to go. It's going to catch up in a second. It's just someone uh, someone using the, the porn interwebs. Are you back with me, my friend? No. So, well, uh, we wait for John to catch up and, uh, and his Skype to kind of reconnect. I'm going to play a, uh, a clip for you. Now, uh, you know what? It's, it's no fun if John's not listening. Hold on. I wish I could pause the recording. That would be cool. Yeah, the stream is probably crap, too. Ah, here we go. I think we're getting better. Are you there? Oh, this is not going to be good. Hello? <laughs> oh, gosh. This, of course, means that uh, show 333 will be really good. Ah, oh, there we go. John, you should be back with me now. Yeah, can I, you know, here's something I've, I've observed during this miserable show we're doing. Um, this is the only time we've been dropped off, we've been kicked off, Skype has said you can't stay, you gotta go. I've not gotten one of those surveys. They oh. usually when you get... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's the survey now, douchebags? Yeah, there's no survey saying, what did you think of your connection? Was it good? Was it sucky? There's nothing. I have yet to get one, and we've been disconnected <laughs> at least five times, maybe six. Anyway, uh, um, while well, we, we can still hear each other, and I can, I can, can, I can tell from my, uh, my meters here when we can and can't. Like, for instance, you're about to not to be able to hear me. Um, remember that story, John, about the Internet Explorer? People who use that supposedly were stupid. 
Yeah, yeah, the phony baloney story, yeah. So the BBC, of course, was one of the um, media outlets that ran with that story. But what's interesting, as turns out on, believe it or not, another BBC program, it's a podcast, so I don't know if it's uh, also broadcast on air, the BBC actually went, did some diligence on the story, called some people who would know about this, and they still ran the story. Listen to this. Well, thank you very much, Matt. And stay with us, because a different story caught my attention uh, this week. Uh, The BBC website, along with many, many other media outlets, reported that users of the popular internet browser, Internet Explorer, had a lower IQ than users of alternative browsers such as Chrome and Firefox and Safari. And this got an awful lot of play. A lot lot of users of Firefox, Chrome and Safari, I think, spread this story around. And it seemed a bit suspicious to me. And then we were discussing it just before we came into the studio, Matt, and and apparently the BBC called you for your expert advice on the story. What did you tell them? Well, I was one of the mathematicians that they checked with, which is very good of them. All my normal PR alarm bells went off because it came from the PR wing of a company. And as I pointed out, it had a self-selecting sample. Yeah. So I, I raised my usual, it looks like a PR press release, bit of uh, statistics, and I'd be very cautious. Uh, but nevertheless, they ran with the story. They did. And they spoke to more eminent mathematicians than me, as you saw David Spiegelhalter. He's a friend of more or less, David exactly. Spiegelhalter, professor for the public understanding of risk at Cambridge University. And they did quote David Spiegelhalter. Yes, I got trumped. <laughs> and when David Spiegelhalter basically says it's nonsense because, or at least it's highly suspicious, because yeah. the intelligence they're reporting for Internet Explorer users is about 80, which is actually extremely low. I mean, these are people who really would have trouble functioning in front of a computer full stop. What struck me as strange is you told them it was suspicious. David Spiegelholz told them it was suspicious. To their credit, they asked you and they published David Spiegelholz's response. But nevertheless, they went ahead and published the story. And then there was a twist. A day or so later, they withdrew the story, replaced the story, because it turns out the PR company itself doesn't seem to exist. The whole thing seems to have been a hoax. Now, what do you make of that? I think this is great because when one of these press releases comes out. They ask a few people, but the story still runs, regardless of how dubious the data may be. And obviously, this is all different media outlets. On this occasion, the company happened to not exist. And at that point, they had to pull the press release. But to be honest, there are countless other equally dubious press releases that have been turned into stories that are still out there. So the BBC appears to think the only crime is to be a non-existent yeah, public relations. Yeah, you exist, you can make up some data, and that's fine, I guess. Okay, well, Matt Parker, the stand-up mathematician, thank you very much. There you go. That's how it works. That's your BBC doing it for you and actually reporting on the atrocities themselves. Very interesting. (laughs) Well, there's a story floating around uh, this week that I think could be a hoax, Uh, but I thought it was hilarious anyway. Was this the the ecstasy story? No, what's that one? Tell me. Oh, no, this is great. And I actually have a clip of that too. It's a total plant. So apparently a derivative or some form of ecstasy uh, is now uh, uh, able to stop cancer dead in its tracks. And this is like, so everywhere the reporting is ecstasy, 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 it'll cure cancer, the illegal drug ecstasy. And uh, so I'm looking around, I try to find someone who's actually talking about this. And it turns out that this is all a setup to, you know, for people to just talk about Obamacare. It has nothing to do with ecstasy at all. In fact, even more abhorrent, 
This entire ecstasy thing is really uh. about genetically modifying people to fix them. Check it. Sticking with us tonight, scientists announcing two breakthrough cancer treatments tonight, <laughs> one of which is actually derived from the illegal drug ecstasy. But the potentially life-saving treatments could be in jeopardy because of Obamacare. For details, we're joined now by Dr. David no. Samadhi and Dr. Mark Siegel. Doctors, great to see you both. Thank you. So, Dr. Samadhi, first tell us about these treatments. What are they? How do they work? Well, this is a great research that's being done for treatment of leukemia, and it's very exciting because traditionally this is being treated with chemotherapy and radiation, and which has a lot of systemic side effects. Now we're going from that type of treatment to a very targeted treatment. So they have taken the blood from the patient, they have re-engineered and changed the white blood cells, which are the soldiers or the defense, defense mechanism of the body, put it back in, in their body and they were able to regenerate and fight the cancer cells. Now, they have taken care of three patients and what's interesting about this is that... So, so this is a study they've done on three patients and this is all over the... Ecstasy, 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 ah! Three patients and it, it, it's like it's some derivative of the drug that they that they use to basically genetically modify the white blood cells. And now the whole thing is about how the procedure is too expensive and it could prolong your life. But Obamacare is going to kill you. The side effects are minimum because they're attacking only the cancer cells. So it's a great so research. All the horror stories we hear about chemotherapy aren't true with these drugs. Exactly right. So it's all about targeted therapy in cancer, which is all very exciting. All right. Now we got to get to the specifics here. Okay. How would Obamacare thwart the use of these drugs? Well, there you go. And it just goes on and on and on. It's it's nuts. Uh, just promotion for Obamacare. That's funny. Well, actually, well, promo was it's, a little... it's promotion against Obamacare. They're saying that because oh, of Obama no, Obamacare, you can't have this wonderful treatment. Oh, but, okay. But the, but the PR it's company was smart. Propaganda. Yeah, they propagandize yeah. it under the the ecstasy illegal drug meme, and it really has nothing to do with it. It's like some derivative or some 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 uh, one of the chemicals for. Uh, uh, for ecstasy, but it's really all just about uh, the uh, pharmaceutical industry wanting to get paid. Well, there's one another hoax out there about aliens would it will enslave us because of global yeah. warming. It was another one, which which I couldn't figure out if it was because it was it ran mostly on places like Fox, mm -hmm. but they used it to mock uh, the global warmists. And so you have to wonder who's, you know, some of these propaganda tricks, you don't know who, who what side are they promoting? Are they actually trying to scare people into believing the global warmists or are they trying to make people think the global warmists are nuts? So, you, you know, sometimes you just can't, you have to kind of figure out what's, who's, where's the propaganda headed. But this is the way the news story typically ran on, on a Fox station. Maybe it's me. I don't know. And climate change scientists are taking their global warming threats to a whole new level. Outer space. Researchers at Penn State actually laid out a number of scenarios as to why aliens may someday attack Earth. And one of them is because humans are spewing way too much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. They speculate that extraterrestrials may be so angry by greenhouse gases, they could, quote, kill us, enslave us, or potentially eat us. Both Al Gore and Joe Paterno have remained silent on these new theories, though I wonder if the faculty and students there at Penn State ever looked into the works of Edmund North. Yeah, so this, uh, this turns out to be a big hoax. Uh, actually, uh, it actually was written, but these were basically a couple of bloggers, and you can only imagine uh, what their agenda was. One of them is... 
an, admin, an, yeah. an administrative, I don't know if he's an assistant, because, you know, of course, I'm all over this, right? I see aliens, I'm like, yay, baby, see, this is gold for the show. But no, it's a guy who actually works somewhere inside NASA, and when you and when you see the reports, even the written reports, it's like NASA's report. Yeah, study shows. No, this and and by the way, that douchebag from Fox, he does like red eye. Isn't that what he does? I that guy is such a dick. This is a different guy. This isn't the red eye guy. This is somebody else who was doing some weekend news reporting, oh. who I've never seen before. He was sitting in for uh, uh, Lou Dobbs, and I've never seen the guy before. But he's a classic Fox guy. You know, he's all worked up about stuff. Yeah, it's all just meant to distract us from the real stuff going on. Like, uh, yeah. well, there, there is something, uh, something real going on, and uh, I will play this clip for you, and I will follow it by the appropriate jingle. Ready? So Chavez is pulling $11 billion in Venezuelan gold reserves from banks in the U.S., Europe, and Canada. The Venezuelan president says the move is designed to nationalize his country's gold mines and diversify its investments. Chavez also said he is moving assets from what he called sinking economies to places like China, Russia, and Brazil. By Ayn Rand. Perfect. Chavez is doing the whole copper mine thing, only he's doing it with gold. And by the way, John, let me just check. Uh, is it time to sell gold yet now that we've uh, hit $1,880 per ounce? Almost. <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction. Get Almost. out the book. I'm, I'm watching it closely. It's getting close to being. Uh, it's all right. I love what, you're going to predict it goes to 2,000? No, no, I would never predict it goes to 2,000. I'm going to predict, and this is when I will go and sell my gold, 2750. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down, Johnny boy. I did. It's yeah. written down. It's in the gold, It's in the red book, which people would still want me to take a picture of, and I will. And shall I tell you why? Because a good friend of mine has actually come out and backed me up. Who is that good friend? That good friend is Nigel Farage. Watch this gold move. Well, I spent 20 years as a commodity broker and trader, and I dealt with precious metals and base metals. Ever since I left the metal markets and got into politics, they've all gone through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all my friends who work in metal say, please, Nigel, don't come back. Stay in politics, because we're having a great time without you. I mean, it is very, very difficult to predict what gold is going to do, uh, given that in 1998 it was $275 an ounce, um, and the this morning it's trading at over 1700 but if you ask me where would i want my money to be in gold and silver or bank shares i think i know what the answer is i suspect i suspect we haven't seen the worst yet i think that all that happened in 2008 is that we deferred the um, banking crisis um it's now coming back to bite i understand that goldman sachs are saying that it could go to two and a half thousand dollars by the end of the week i, I think it, it is impossible to predict but it is not impossible that gold could double again from here. It is just not impossible. The world's, the Western world's finances are in the most horrifying mess. Our banking industry has been allowed to get completely out of control. We've got a Eurozone a crisis in Europe that is far, far, far from over. And uh, yeah, if I was long gold, um, I would stay long gold. There you go. There you go. Okay, I'll hold on to my coin. <laughs> your, so, your single um, coin. <laughs> I, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. 
I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I, I can see this happening. It will probably happen when the economy hits rock bottom in 2013, uh, which is a, it's not that far away. It gets two years and gold doesn't move, you know, moves, but doesn't, you know, it doesn't go crazy. And, um, and I'm just getting the biggest kick out of this double dip thing, which is not a double dip at all. It's always, it's been part of the same process since the beginning. Nobody's in. And, and here's the thing that really gets me. In fact, we play this clip of this kid in the noodle shop. Oh, you want to hear and that so, again? You don't want to hear that again, do you? Well, you might want to hear it again after you listen to this one. There's a there's a story that came out. This was again on Democracy Now. A bunch of exchange students were brought over from the same generation of millennials. Uh, you know, you thought the X generation was slackers. These guys are like, wow. They brought a bunch of kids over and they and they gave them jobs at Hershey's at the factory. And then if you listen to this description. It's like apparently they're on the candy line and they have to pack boxes of, you know, Skittles and which entails like working on the, uh, they didn't give them, you know, a choice job that normal workers have. They gave them this, the night shift, which starts at 11 p.m., very common shift in a, you know, any factory that, that works 24 hours a day. There's three shifts, graveyard, swing and, and, and day. I mean, this big, no big deal. You work one of these shifts, especially if you're looking for work. Most people starting off have to work graveyards. It's not unusual. But these kids apparently came over. They didn't want graveyard. I guess they wanted to be the CEO, just like that noodle shop kid, which we'll play later if you feel like it. And they they, they went on strike. They said, "This is these conditions are terrible. We have to lift boxes. We have to work on an assembly line, and we have to work at eleven. So they all quit because they didn't. I don't know what it was beneath them. It was there was actual work involved. You know, this is funny because this is exactly what our producer Michael said. Uh, we stayed uh, his and her, uh, Sarah's house in Chickshinny. He said he wanted to hire some kid. He thought he would get a college kid to go mow the lawn. And, uh, and, you know, he could find lots of kids who were willing to sit on the uh, lawnmower and drive around. But he said, you got to pull some weeds. And they're like, uh, no, I'm not going to pull. I'm not getting my hands dirty. I'm not going to pull any weeds. I'll sit on the tractor. But no, no weeds. This is nuts. I guess this is where I play the clip then. Hundreds of oh, foreign yeah, students was, taking was, part in a State Department cultural exchange summer program walked out of their job at a Hershey's chocolate plant in Pennsylvania. The students said their jobs are exploitative and in many cases grossly failed to cover the costs they spent on visas in their home countries. The students have reportedly been required to lift heavy boxes, work eight-hour shifts beginning at 11 at night, and stand for long periods of time while packing Reese's Candies, <laughs> Kit Kats, and Almond Joys on a fast-moving production line. <laughs> wow. Uh, Is that unbelievable? Uh, they I, have I, to I, work eight-hour shifts? I oh, my God. And lift boxes? <laughs> and, and they, they have all to work quit. an eight-hour shift? Oh, no. And they all quit? That's unbelievable. It's bull crap. Play the noodle kid. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking for the stupid noodle. Oh, here, I got him. Hold on a second. Ask and thou shalt receive. Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself. And most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, you don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant. 
and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, we're told exactly what we're going to cook, how we're going to cook it, what time we're going to get there, and basically if they don't like what they're doing, they try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so we don't, we're not able to actually cooperate in a way that we make decisions together. I try to convince my, my fellow employees that we should have a union at Noodles so it's a source of power to, to start with. And then I think in terms of the bigger picture, when you look at revolutions, the way that you actually get rid of any sort of dictatorship um, is by having workers take control of the place where they work. Would your plan, your vision for noodles, sure. <laughs> would it include the owner? What capacity we, would he be granted? Owner, if the owner wanted to cooperate with us as an equal and provide his skills that he had, we would definitely cooperate with him. He'd have to abdicate his position as being an owner and controller of us, and he would have to recognize that we we run noodles together. And basically, if he doesn't want to cooperate with us, he's against us. Uh, he's against us. Classic. You know, what are these kids learning in school? I'd like to know. Well, you'd be you'd be. Be, I mean, yeah. You know, I'd like to I'd like to try something here for a second, John. Uh, I'm going to uh, see if I can downgrade the stream just one uh, one tick, and uh, maybe that'll help us out. You you can hear me now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just downgrade this the stream. Let's see if that makes any difference. If that helps us out, it might. Um. Okay. So. Yeah, okay, so now we're back. It, it may make a difference, I don't know. May not. It's hard to tell. When people are walking around outside the right. RV. Yeah, alright. Anyway. Well, whatever the case is. Like, I still want... What are these kids learning in school that drives them to this the, these crazy beliefs that they can't stand for eight hours or they're being exploited? The, the, women, the guys in Hershey, Pennsylvania said they were being exploited because they had to work eight hours. Yeah, it's uh, they're slaves. Oh, they're, we're being treated like slaves. This is, uh, unfortunately, I think it's your generation's fault. You know, you guys uh, were just in general the baby boomers. I think the baby boomers said, you know, oh my my children will have everything they that I didn't have, and it'll make it all great for them. And they just became spoiled brats. I'm not going to argue against the the or the thesis that it's the uh, baby boomers' fault. Because I think it's the baby's boomer fault that we have a cocaine problem in this country. Yeah, um, all that blow you did, man. You ruined us. It's just, it's a problem. But, it, but the fact is, is that, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. The whole thing is ridiculous. I've never. Yeah. Like it, this, this, and and then the, the support that they get from the demarcation—they were being exploited and made to work for a living. I mean, that doesn't help. I'll also say that uh, my generation is partially to blame. The dot-com boom, which of course uh, I was a big part of, and uh, we were hiring kids, uh, even without a college degree. Ah, here, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Here's a cell phone. Here's a laptop. What? Hey, you need a car? Okay, we'll get you a lease car. And uh, and that also propagated. But you know what? They're going to learn real quick. And some of them, some of these kids, some of these noodle kids, guess what? They're going to die. Well, they're going to end up dying in a hostel. But 
in a hostile environment. The no, I mean the the, the, the dot com phenomenon did ruin. I think helped ruin the country because of the high salaries that idiots got. And then when they when they, all these companies reorged, if you haven't noticed, they take the uh, they get rid of the experienced people that are mature, and they left all these dingbats in charge of everything. No, it's even worse than that. Um, companies that are hiring, which I've heard from a number of our producers who actually uh, work at companies that do hire people. Uh, it's, you know, it's so easy for them to, you know, everyone's looking for work. They, they just exclude everyone who hasn't been to an Ivy league school. So if you're in college right now, forget about it. If you're not in Harvard, Yale or Princeton, you're not going to get, you're not even being considered. (sighs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. All right, we 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 really can't, we really can't interact on this show. You know, why why don't, why don't I just tell you a little story and then you tell me a story and then we just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> there there's, we go. There's no other way. All right, I'll play a clip for you. This is uh, Bill Clinton, who uh, is talking to Sanjay Gupta, Sanjay Gupta, our resident medical alien, as Anderson Pooper calls him. And uh, Bill Clinton, have you seen how Bill Clinton looks lately? He looks like a little zombie. Yeah. His face is all breaking out. You know, he's got like his. Now, he didn't have a great complexion to start with. But of course, this was the guy who was eating burgers and hot dogs and drinking beer. And uh, according to some, doing tons of blow and other things we know about. But his his face is like it's got all kinds of. Yeah, it's like uh, pimples and it does not look good. Well, I submit it's because of this. The fact that you love to eat. But I know, I'm, you know, I like the stuff I eat. I like the vegetables, the fruits, the, the beans, the, the stuff I eat now, I like. I, I like it. Do you call yourself a vegan? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I suppose I am if I don't eat dairy or meat or fish, you know. So you've, you've cut all that out. I mean, do you, do you create The only it? thing, once in a while, in, literally in uh, well over a year now, at Thanksgiving, I had one bite of turkey. <laughs> One bite of turkey. Bill, you're dying. Get a hamburger. Have some meat, man. Quick. How did he get so... You know, the problem is it's one of these things where you start to uh, lose brain cells with this this diet of he doesn't eat milk, he doesn't eat no dairy, which means no cheese, no no, no protein, no fish, no, no meat, real meat, no chicken, nothing. He's just eating beans. Uh, which has got to be bland and missing all kinds of nutrients. I mean, they're good, but, you know, so what? And farting a lot, I would guess. Oh, man, I bet that guy uh, has smelly farts. And he's, and he's got to be, I mean, he just must be falling apart. You know, all the, those little things you need to keep greased up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, this is not good. And I, and another guy, another vegan bites to the dust. Yeah, and and you read it all the time. You know, vegans... I'm sorry, you've got to have some kind of meat or fish or something in your diet. That's what we're built for. I mean, I'm all against uh, cutting back, but I, it's funny because we've talked to so many different people uh, who look very healthy, by the way, on this road trip. And with, without a doubt, all of them are using real butter uh, or lard. Sometimes they're cooking with lard. Uh, they are eating meat, you know, in moderation, everything in moderation, They're, their own vegetables, etc. By the way, there's this great YouTube video someone tweeted us about. This is like, a, I don't know, it's like a nine or ten year old girl. Did you see this YouTube video about the sweet potato, John? No. 
Ah, so she. Um, I'm just going to play a little bit of the clip, and you can find it in the show notes at uh, 332.nashownotes.com. Um, so she did an experiment with her grandma. She takes a sweet potato and puts it into a glass. You know, you stick a little uh, 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 toothpicks in it, and she's waiting for it to sprout. We went, me and my grandma went to the grocery store to get some potatoes, a sweet potato. All you do is put a sweet potato in a glass of water and wait for it to grow vines. She's grabbing the sweet we potato here. We took a sweet potato and waited for three weeks. Nothing happened. We took another potato and waited for three more weeks. Nothing happened. So we talked to the produce man at the store, and he said, Well, these will never grow vines <laughs> at the farms. They spray them with a chemical called bud nip. You should try one of our organic sweet potatoes. And over a month, it finally grew these wimpy little vines. Over that time, we went to Ruth's Market, Ruth's Organic Food Market, and got a sweet potato there. It only took one week for it to sprout. And look at it now! So the experiment she did, obviously, is she got a sweet potato from the from the from the supermarket. It has been sprayed to not sprout any stalks, which the grocer was happy to tell her. Then she gets, uh, uh, yeah, bud nip. It's a, a chemical chlorpropum, which apparently is not a safe thing. You better wash your potatoes uh, if you're. Wow, just as John was getting into it, we lose the connection. Wow. All right, I'll, I'll have him come back to the bud nip. Hello, comeback connection. Oh, boy. There we go. I'm sorry, John. I think I still have you. Go back to the bud nip, the chlor- chlorpropon, whatever it's called. Hello? Hmm. It's kind of what it used to be like when we were uh, calling overseas. My grandparents, when we, in 1965, there we go. You're back? Yeah. All right, go yeah, back, go back to the bud nip, yeah. Yeah, I was saying bud nip, I'm looking, it says chlorpropum. Uh, I'm not sure this is the actual chemical name, but I'm going to, I'm wicking it. Yeah, it's 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 one of these chemicals you put on uh, potatoes. Uh, I never thought much about it since I buy my potatoes from a, or it's a kind of an or organic place and we're all they're always budding uh it's weird chlor chlorpropum it became clear and simple yet illuminating it uh yeah actually that video is is, is alerted people to the, the fact that they're using this is classic they start using this stuff out of the blue i never heard of this before i never thought much about it but now that this little girl does a video we realize that again they're poisoning us because these guys they can't move their produce fast enough so they spray it so you get to buy old stuff it's nasty but the thing that got me the most is that she actually gets something from the organic section and it grows like one wimpy little leaf that's just as phony yeah you <laughs> yeah. got to go to the vendor itself yeah 
Yeah, it's fake. Yeah, organic my ass. They have a, a farmer's market in, in Berkeley that is like this on Thursdays, I think. And it's like, uh, it's got, it blocks off one of the streets up by the, uh, up in the area around Chez Panisse. And they, it says it's Berkeley's organic farmer's market. And everything there is supposed to be organic. And who the heck, you know, you can just do anything you want and say it's organic at a farmer's market. Who, where, who, is there any inspectors or the police going to come in and tell you to shut it down because you're not organic? Who, who knows what you're getting? Now, I would guess that most organic stuff is bull crap. I know what you're getting. Monsanto. That's what you're getting. A good dose of Monsanto, everybody. Enjoy your sweet potato with Bud Nip. Brought to you by the fine folks at Monsanto. Yay! Yeah, herbicides are not good things to be eating. Before we get to our donation segment, uh, I do want to pause at the Drone Nation portion of uh, the program. As we highlighted uh, over the past couple of shows, John, uh, you uh, discovered through, uh, I think it was a C-SPAN clip, that there are 7,000 drones. Well, that's just the beginning. And, of course, now we hear this bull crap that we want to put... Uh, uh, vets who come back from Afghanistan and Iraq who apparently have drone uh, experience, which is not true because they're flying them all from here, from the woods in Langley. Um, well, just more and more drones. So two clips. This one, uh, just to illustrate, this is the Missis- Middle Tennessee State University who have a memorandum of understanding with the Defense Department about, well... Partnership with the United States Army in the exploration and development of U.S. technology and training. Yay! A memorandum of understanding. They will be uh, paid by the U.S. Army to develop drone technology at MTSU. Awesome. Now, Hmm. so I'm like uh, looking around for drone stuff. This is going to kill you. There And, of course, this is <clears throat> actually kind of cool, thanks to... It's funny, because I, I found out if you're on cspan.org uh, and you want to find some cool stuff, just search for the word budget, because then all the most recent things where people are trying to steal our tax dollars uh, will pop up. And it turns out there was a conference uh, this past week for the Association of Unmanned Vehicle Systems International. Did you know there was such an association, John? Wow, there's an association for everything. Yeah, it's the auvsi.org. And, uh, of course, you can look at the board of directors if you want. I'm happy to tell you a few of them. Uh, Colonel Timothy Healy. Uh, we've got uh, all kinds of... Oh, these are the new directors. We've got all kinds of... Uh, uh, Lieutenant General Rick Lynch. Everyone who's retired is on the board of this. This is an industry that is so outrageously large. They have their own association. It's so big that they put it on. Oh, sure, it's it's the summer months, but they put their keynotes on C-SPAN. And and when you see they have a they have a fair basically a uh, you know like a, a conference. And there's like 20 different kinds of drones, John. This is, it, it's, they've got the, the underwater drones, they've got the little teeny ones, they've got the big ones, they've got the Reapers, they've got the Raptors, they, it's just everything you want. And then if you want to know how stupidly our money is being spent, we have uh, the keynote speaker, Ad, uh, Admiral Roughhead. Listen to this. Well, thanks, John, for the uh, introduction, and I'm also here to 
uh, reclaim our national honor. Uh, as many of you know who may follow uh, World Cup soccer, our women uh, fought valiantly but lost to the women's team of Japan, our great friend and allies. Uh, but the Navy-sponsored robo-soccer team uh, defeated Japan yesterday, so I think we're even in that regard. The Navy-sponsored robo-soccer team? <laughs> really? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get coverage of that, please? I, I wouldn't mind watching that. I'd watch it. Yeah, but we're paying for a robo-soccer team? What a waste of the taxpayers' money that's got to be. Yeah. Here's what you could do with your money. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We do have some donors uh, that came in. I want to mention uh, a couple of them. Uh, Joel Cool Design, $11.11, Princeton, Ontario, Canada. Stephen Byton, B-E-I-G-H-T-O-N, in Ballygowan Down. I'm not sure where that is. That's the way it came through on the spreadsheet. Sorry. $100. Uh, Jupiter Broadcasting LLC in Marysville, Washington. In the morning, guys. First time donor. More to come. Great work on these last few weeks. Big ups to Adam for getting it done well on the road. Well, that's until today, that is. Uh, and uh, check us out at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Long live Bitcoin. Like, he, he actually sent us real money. Timothy Nussi in Whitby, Ontario, 6666. Uh, Mark Caudill in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, <laughs> hey, Mark. 50 double niggas on the dime. Been a while since I donated in a few shows back. My brother, Sir Ben Caudill, called me out as a douchebag. Uh, please commence with the de-douching. You've been de-douched. Patrick Coble in Nashville, Tennessee. Sir Patrick uh, to you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Remember, I knighted him uh, at uh, Sir Jeff Smith's oh, bar. Yeah, okay, well, he's not listed as a sir on here. Well, he He'll is. fix it. Yeah. Buzzkill Jr. says he's, he's he'll fix it. Nashville, Tennessee, double nickels on the dime in the morning. John and Adam like to get a birthday shout out. He's we've got that listed. He's been listening to this show. He's one listening to the show every night since he was three months old. Hopefully, he'll mold into a good little human resource. We can put this towards a future knighthood. No agenda domains I made a couple of weeks ago. Point to noagendashow.com, including you want to read these off. You're the you're handling this. Sure, been doing that.com, bodyscannerradiation.com, callofdutyterrorist.com. CarbonCreditScams.com GitmoNationTour.com MonsantoIsKillingYou.com Monsanto Monsanto OwnsTheWorldsCrops.com ObamaClutchCar.com and Obama'sPrivateJet.com Many of these uh, URLs, by the way, prominently displayed on the side panels of the Duchess. Fantastic. Schnorrstein. Sir Schnorrstein. In Norway. Sir Schnorr. (laughs) Yes. 5432, the donation is the name of my friend Johan. 14, assassinated. Oh, his poor kid was killed. And Horatio killed by the polar bear 30 miles from here. Oh, that's Uh, Bradley Serbu in Naples, Florida. 
$50. Greg Steerly in Santa Monica, $50. Uh, Harshad Patel in Bilston, West Midlands, 50 bucks. And we also want to mention Scott Hankel, who's looking for a job. We do have to mention the NoAgendaNation.com. Go to NoAgendaNation.com slash jobs. It's a special site that will take you to a back band to Craigslist and search for job over the country for you and it's just that you have to go to it directly you're not going to get to it any other way and also we should mention this will be the last week for the 333 coin which no Nation has for sale for people who want to celebrate next week's show which is show 333 which will be a lot better than this one so I remind you to go to noagendashow.com dvorak.org slash na channeldvorak.com slash na and noagendanation.com to help us out uh, could, uh, we, could, we could use the celebratory income and a couple of hot pockets producers I need to thank who also uh, belong on the list. These are people who have uh, been coming up giving us, uh, well, sometimes water and blankets, but also cash checks and uh, other forms. Uh, no Bitcoin. Uh, this is from our New Jersey, New York meetup, which was held at uh, Benny's, Benny's uh, Pizza Pizza Place uh, there in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey, which has changed, by the way, John. Hoboken used to be like, you know... Like young college kids, they all stayed. Now there's like strollers everywhere. It's actually really, it's turned out to be really nice. It's a really nice town. A family neighborhood. Family neighborhood. So uh, at the meetup, which was quite a hoot, and I got to talk about that in a second, Zamir Hamoud, uh, $20. Stephen Tesler, $33 for a podcast license. Edward Bradley, $100. Stephen Kulhan, $30. Murph, $88.43. Ben Nidus, $70. Alex Volinsky, $40. Of course, we mentioned uh, Sir Adam Atia will be knighted uh, officially in a moment with his $1,000 donation. Alex Croak, $100. Uh, Alan Sparrow, $100. And Richard Hrasnek, who was donated before, $100. And of course, uh, big mentions, uh, big thanks to Sir Daniels, who picked us up at the uh, Marina and RV Park in a, a chauffeur town car, I might point out, which was very nice for a change. Uh, and uh, he also picked up uh, the majority of the tab for the pizzas and the drinks. I know a lot of people chipped in, but uh, I think he uh, kind of got stuck with most of the bill, uh, but he did not complain, and uh, we highly appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Sir Daniels, for doing that. Uh, it was nice uh, bumping rings with you, which sounds dirtier than it really is. As John said, uh, this support is uh, invaluable to us, and uh, you will remember to donate. slash N-A. Because we program your brain. And I, I do have the newest uh, uh, send by uh, Buskill Jr., which includes Richard Hyde on the birthday list. Uh, I think I have that one. Hold on. Let me just check. Uh, yeah, I've got that one. couple of karma shout-outs. Dwayne Parker says, uh, hey, Adam, I've donated. Um, I've been attempting to get out from under this house I bought for no effing reason. If you could give me a small karma shout-out, that would be great. On uh, here, It gets worse. On Thursday night, early Friday morning, I was arrested for a DUI. Uh, by the way, my car was locked and park, parked. I didn't even have my keys on me. When I finally took a breath test at the station, I blew a 0.6. <laughs> I've blown better than that. They then found my medical cannabis in my pockets, whoops, which they searched twice in the field, then forcibly drew blood from me, even though I had complied. Uh, I got a bitch of a court fight ahead of me because these cops are shakedown artists. On top of that, my consulting job just ended, and I'm, desperate, I'm in desperate need of one of these uh, 100 or so resumes, resumes I sent out to actually pan out. 
Wow. So the, the thing that gets me on well, that. Wait, 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 wait. What town was this? He doesn't mention that in his email, unfortunately. But we uh, need to know about this. Well, we do need to know because it's crazy. You get arrested for a DUI with your car being locked. And you don't even have your keys on it on you. I mean, what's next? I mean, dude, I hope your dog doesn't die. It's like, how much worse can it get? So here it comes, my friend. You've got a big dose of karma coming your way. You've got karma. We also have a, a make good here, Scott Hankel. Uh, he donated 331 for the 331 show. PayPal, unfortunately, lost the note. Uh, here it reads as follows. I've been a listener since the beginning of the year due to John's plug on uh, Twit when he's on. As well as that catchy donation jingle of his. Very nice. Great show. Too bad you guys are the only uh, true American journalists out there in this day and age. Hey, that should be trueamericanjournalist.com. We need a lot more folks like yourselves like yourselves that will actually report the true news and call out the lies our idiots, uh, so-called leaders, are spreading. Kudos to you two. Anyhow, thought that a donation would, be, uh, would help fund Adam's trip back to the Republic of California, yay, or John's trip out to the last stop before Adam and Miss Mickey head back. One last thing, if possible, I'd like to get a triple dose of karma. One for the wife in her quest to find a job, the other for us acquiring and funding our first investment properly. Lastly, to both of us uh, in hopefully creating a little human resource to help propagate the message. So uh, when we do the triple karma, I give a little ding there. We give the karma, and John will hit you up with a ding afterwards. You've got karma. We need some karma for this crappy-ass connection. All right. uh, Thank you all very much. Uh, Highly appreciated uh, for keeping us on the road. Uh, As John said, the next show will be the big 333 show, Super Karma, if you uh, hop on the 333 donations. Uh, Karma does seem to work. We receive nothing but great reports about it. Uh, We don't sell it. Uh, All we do is just observe it, and it does seem to work, and the magic numbers seem to play into it. And as always, uh, the mind control is... Dvorak.org slash N-A And today we congratulate Paul Groves. His birthday is actually on the uh, 23rd, so that's coming up in just a couple days. Keith Gill's 40th birthday this Thursday. Patrick Coble, Sir Patrick Coble to you and me. His son James is turning one year old, which means he is depreciated by about $700,000. But uh, you're welcome to the world here, James. And Richard Hyde, his 40th birthday is today. Uh, Happy birthday on behalf of John, myself, and the entire crew here at the No Agenda Show. He also wanted a dedouching and oops, here we go. <laughs> You've been ah. I don't know what that was, but hopefully he needed a, de- he needed a dedouching. But I gave him a douche, a dedouche, and a karma. Yeah, well, he needed the dedouching. He mentioned he's not getting laid and he's forty. Oh shoot! Hold on a second. <laughs> You've been dedouched. That's not good. 40 and he's not good. That should help. Yeah, okay. John, if you can uh, draw your blade here, and you have to move a little quickly because of the delay. I don't want you to, like, you know, you know, like, uh, come in too late and chop our knight's heads off, so, uh... Matthew Stroh and Adam Atia, please step forward, extend your middle fingers as it's time for you to now join the very elite group of the Knights of the Noah Agenda Roundtable. Because of your support of the best podcast in the world in the amount of $1,000 or more, we hereby proudly knight thee, 
Sir Matthew and Sir Adam, Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, guys. Grab your rings. Enjoy your booze and hot pants, hookers and blow, or your rent boys and Chardonnay. It's all ready for you and well-deserved as Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Well, that was good. Yeah, well, I had to make up for something. So, um, did you did you reunite the guy that you gave the night in with the with the pizza cutter? Yeah, that's Adam. Yeah, a- Adam Atia. By oh, the okay, way, Adam. nice guy, really nice guy. Two tours. Uh, oh, in, our nights are nice guys. Yeah, but what he did is he did two tours of I think Iraq, and uh, then he uh, took advantage of the GI Bill uh, to learn uh, commercial photography, and he still has a huge student loan that he's paying off, and uh, he is. He has some some work, but he uh, also needed a little bit of extra karma uh, for it to really pay off. You've got karma, and he really loves you, John. And, you know, good. Oh, let me just say, uh, just let me talk briefly about the Hot Pockets tours. We're about to to wrap it up here. Um, everybody really, really loves the show, and it's not, and I've been to fan days and meetups and stuff like that, but this is very different. I mean, you walk in, and it's like you get a big in the morning from everybody, literally like a other people in the establishment duck and are worried and think we're some kind of cult. Uh, <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are some kind of cult. Uh, we had our meetup in Boston, uh, which I, uh, which was, um, did we talk about the meetup in Boston? No, we didn't, did we? No, I don't think so. Right, because it was after the show, right. Um... No, maybe we did talk about it. No, I think we did talk about our meetup in Boston. No, we did We did that. I don't know. Uh, the Hoboken one you didn't talk about. Right. So, uh, Miss Mickey found a great uh, RV park uh, <laughs> in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, my goodness. Total pits. But she couldn't help it. No Wi-Fi whatsoever, so we had to make a choice. So we decided to come out here, which is essentially the same thing. No Wi-Fi. Um... But the meetup was great. We probably had, I don't know, 25, 30 people. I lost count at a certain point. It was at this really cool pizza place in, uh, in Hoboken. And, was, and we had the whole back room. And, man, there were some superstars there. Uh, Simon Reed, who does a lot um, uh, for the show on the stream. He also maintains domains.nashownotes.com. Simon was there. Uh, we had, um, let's see, um, we had, of course, uh, Sir Daniels. You know who else was there, John? Nick the Rat showed up. I've met Nick the Rat, superstar Nick. Did you get a picture of him? Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's in the group picture. And we had two... Oh, act- you, need to, you need to put Nick the Rat's picture up. Yeah, Mickey has he's a picture. A- yeah, Mickey has okay. a picture. Mickey was out there smoking with him and stuff. And we had... Smoking with him? He's a smoker? No. <laughs> you think? Oh, by the way, not tobacco. <laughs> and he's, oh yeah yeah no wonder he comes up with all that great artwork yeah he, it's an artist i mean he's you know one step from being a guitar player he literally um uh you know i said so what do you do man you know you graphic artist says, no 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 i'm a sysadmin you know he actually tech support and he says uh i i love doing graphics but i don't like t- people telling me what to do that's why i love your show you know i just sit there and you know come up with oh that's cool and he'll make a piece of art and he refuses to work for people when it comes to uh, comes to artwork. Now there were a couple other. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Dame Tanya. Uh, Dame Tanya was there. Uh, very nice oh. to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. She's hot. Is she? Yeah. And her husband was there too. So I. 
Yeah, I had to play it Oops. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I had to play it cool. There were just so many uh, incredibly nice people. A lot of names I recognize, people who uh, post on noagendanewsnetwork.com, um, people who um, send emails, uh, story leads, and it was kind of cool to see uh, New York, New Jersey come together. And we actually had two feds. Uh, we, <laughs> so we're sitting, we had the entire back room. Two cops walk in, sit down, and start eating pizza. And, uh, and at first everyone's like, dude, can you believe it? Like, we got real feds here. Like, they're probably listeners of the show. Well, it turns out they weren't. Um, and then, you know, so I, but of course they recognized me from uh, the MTV days. And uh, you're like, hey, man, hey. And these were like total New Jersey dudes. And uh, like, hey, man, MTV sucks. They don't play any more music videos. And then Mickey comes over. She says, hey, you know, I'd love to get a shot of you guys, you know, with Adam or with the group. And they said, you know, we're really sorry. We can't do that. Uh, it's against the rules now. They they can't have they can't uh, pose for pictures, which by the way is really weird. Because when I was a kid, like you do that, you could go to New York City all the time, you know, wherever you were, just you know, uh, like you know, have, get get your picture taken with a cop, right? Yeah, I, this is pathetic. You know why though? You know what the problem is? Well, it's either going to be terrorism, or they can be identified by criminals, or who knows. No, the pro- the reason why they get in trouble is um, because it says what's happening all the time is they'll be writing someone a ticket, you know, for whatever, and then someone's there taking pictures or YouTube videos, and then, you know, five minutes later, it's like, police brutality, you know, they're hating black people. And I can see where they're coming from. I mean, that, I can see that that's a problem. So now it's like, no, you can't, it's no longer allowed, uh, the men in blue, at least in Jersey City, as far as I know, are not allowed to uh, pose for pictures, which I thought was a real shame, because uh, they were nice guys, we hung out for a little bit, and of course we had the storm of the century, uh, three inches of rain per hour fell right before we started the meetup, it was a huge storm. Uh, and still people showed up, and it was great, and it was uh, pretty much the last meetup on the road. We have our final wrap uh, in uh, D.C. coming up this week. Uh, Miss Mickey and Baroness Maggie Vincent, the Baroness of the entire state of Virginia, handling that. We are doing it on K Street, which is the center of douchebaggery, and it should be a fun wrap-up. And, of course, everyone is uh, hoping that you'll attend, uh, John. Well, you know, I'm I'm trying to find some way of attending, but it doesn't look promising. Oh. Well, everyone will be very sad. And I've well, defend- well, we got to do some special meetup where we can all fly into some area and make it big. Well, this is big. And this is a special area. <laughs> People are just convinced you just don't want to leave the house. In the Washington DC or in the New York City. I don't know. Yeah, well, anyway. I, I've defended Chicago, you. someplace central, Dallas. Dude, we've been all over the country. You could have joined any any one of them. Yeah, I know. I it just there's a lot of family matters to deal with. That's okay. We, we and by be. the way, I have to work on the show. The show itself is very time consuming, and I'm as you know because you're miserable. There's <laughs> a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Uh, I'm only really miserable today because of our connectivity, uh, but it has been very, very hard. Last night, 
uh, as we got in, you know, I, we drove for seven and a half hours, and I spent another seven hours just prepping the show, just trying to see what's going on, and, you know, I have to catch up. It's not like I have time to research stuff. So I feel today is, without a doubt, a C minus, perhaps a D. Uh, Standards and Poor can actually come in and uh, downgrade our sorry asses. John's gonna hum the Sunday time. Yeah. Well, today's Sunday Times is interesting because they have a uh, picture of the, ho- uh, the some hotel in Libya that's been shot up, and the guys are painting it with spray cans. Uh, it just looks – so anyway, Libya is at the top of the news. They got a, a big special on how uh, Perry, Rick Perry, is getting a lot of money. Uh, yeah, and from Bank it. of America. Nothing- yeah, I didn't know about that. Um the whole front page is boring. I started looking inside because I, I scanned through it to try to find something about uh, Syria. There's nothing about Syria. It's just about Rick Perry and how he's getting all his money. And then they, in today's paper, they also sent a copy of the New York Times magazine, which is thicker than it's ever been. It's like huge, actually. It weighed down the whole opera. And it's it basically they're cloning Vogue magazine. It's just a bunch of pictures of, you know, perfume models. The shit we can't and, afford. Uh, I thought that today's paper was extremely... There was no, I could find no, I could find no coded messages or anything interesting in the paper, so I gave up. There was something in the New York Times earlier this week, and as I was up in Armonk, you know, it's kind of cool to see my uh, my uncle Don. Uh, he actually's like, you know, uh, if you get up early, uh, the the New York Times will be in a blue plastic bag out there around six thirty. You know, he's up around six forty five, so it's like, you know, in case you want to beat me to it. And it was kind of nice reading a newspaper because we don't get the paper newspaper in uh, at the Watchtower. We basically read everything online. But earlier this week, there was a story about Congressman Issa of California. Did you read this article by any chance, John? Yeah, it was interesting. They were, they were going after him. This guy is a total douche. It's unbelievable. It's like he- yeah, I lost you. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll come back in a moment. Hold on a second. Anyway, I'll uh, maybe you'll catch up to me. So this guy basically runs his business out of his congressional office, even though like the buildings are you know I don't know. It's like maybe the building next door. This guy is a hundred millionaire, if not a billionaire, but he has all these all these conflicts of interest. And I thought that and is he a Republican or or a Democrat? What is he? He's a Republican. No, that's why the New York Times is all over him. But regardless, what a what an, a horrible man. He's like he's completely, you know, when when the when the when the, there's calls for cuts on something that might affect his business, he's out there immediately on the floor. He just you know he's got public works projects. He owns uh, uh, medical companies, buildings. It's just the guy is is it, he is the example of what is wrong with our government, and I don't understand. How he, how he can do all this? How can you have all these investments and st- not recuse yourself, basically, from everything? Well, he claimed that there's 13 articles, 13 are errors in the story, and he's going after the New York Times demanding a retraction, front page retraction, and this hasn't been fully resolved. So there's some, there's some evidence that there may be a, a hit that piece, but most of it probably is true. Yeah, I, it's, I would say most of it appears to be true. The same is kind of going on down under uh, with our uh, Aussie friends as uh, there's a scandal brewing down there, which I'm uh, trying to research. I only 
got into it today. One of our producers sent a very detailed message. Uh, the uh, I think it's the finance minister, Thompson. Apparently, the uh, Labor Party bailed him out of a bankruptcy for $90,000. This, by the way, is the same guy who allegedly declared some strippers on his, uh, cor- on his government cre- credit card. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think... We should give all of our uh, all of our representatives a stripper budget. I'm not I'm not against that. It'd be good for you know if we want to do a a stimulus, let's uh, support the strippers. Uh, but of course, if you, this was to avoid his bankruptcy, because if you are bankrupt, you cannot be a member of parliament, and so that's a scandal brewing down there, which we're looking into. Uh, but it just seems like, can we ever get rid of, can we just reboot the whole system, John? Is there a way to do it? Do we have to actually resort to, to our guns? What do we have to do? Nothing. It's too late. You can't even do it. There's not even, there's no way out. Bart has released a, uh, a statement regarding their turning off of the, uh, cell phones. Which I thought you might get a kick out of. Uh, here we go. Well, I uh, yeah, play it. No, it's not. It's not a play. It's a read. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. So they, they talk about you know for more than twenty five years, Bart has had a policy regarding the exercise of First Amendment free speech rights in areas in its stations where it can be done safely and without interference with Bart's primary mission of providing safe, efficient, and reliable public transportation services. Now, let me ask you. How can free speech ever, ever, ever hamper service of BART? Free speech is speech. Speech, free speech doesn't go out and kill people. Speech doesn't stop trains. So they say, you know, free speech is limited to the free speech zones, as we heard that knucklehead uh, on the previous show, uh, which is the constitutional free speech zones. I can't believe that no one is, is calling BART on this. And saying that, you know, free speech has to be limited to any area because speech is just speech. It's just words and it's vibrations in the air or it's maybe something written. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, I think what we're touching on here, this part of the show is some, you know, attacking a little bit uh, a media assassination. I have a clip that's got nothing to do with Bart, but it has something to do with journalists in general which I think was one of the funniest stories I've heard for a while. This FBI profiler came on uh, C-SPAN and discussed a new book of his, which is, uh, I don't know if I have the name of it handy. Uh, the guy's name is, Greg, I think it's Greg McCrary is the FBI guy, and he's got a book out on, on profiling. He was a profiler beginning in 1969, which seems a long time ago. I didn't know they were doing it this long, Quantico. And so he has this hilarious story about uh, about one of the serial killers that I just was just was an, a total eye roller and worth listening to. And the white powder and all of that, but that's separate from the, the 9-11 investigation itself, the 9-11 attacks. What's, what has been in your career, what was the most difficult um, profile to put together and why? Well, I, I don't know. They're all, each one is its own unique challenge. I, I, I think they're all unique. I think one of the more interesting cases that, that I had was a serial murder case uh, where um, 
the, the individual was murdering in Europe and the United States. And he was sort of uh, back and forth uh, between the two. And I always say that true crime is more interesting or more unbelievable than fictional crime, because if you like, write this stuff up as fiction, uh, people aren't going to believe it. But uh, yeah. this guy, for example, was a member of the media who was covering his own murders for the media. He was reporting on it, uh, writing uh, for the newspaper, going on TV, doing interviews, uh, and covering his own murders, and meanwhile going out killing these uh, women, and then coming back and reporting on it, <laughs> interviewing the detectives, interviewing the people in charge uh, about the nature of the investigation and the status of the investigation and, uh, and all of those things. So it was an intriguing case. In Did your ways. profile include that aspect? Uh, well, it, I got involved later in, in the case, and I worked with the Austrian authorities. I actually ended up testifying in Austria against this guy in his, his trial over there. But it shows that they don't think like we think. For example, he, he went into Los Angeles to kill people. So think. this is why criminals don't think like you and I think necessarily. If you went into Los Angeles to kill a lot of people, Probably where would you not go? Uh, what would you avoid at all costs if you went to Los Angeles? Probably the police department. You wouldn't want them to know you were in town to kill people. This guy, the narcissism is there. First thing he does is go to the LAPD and introduce himself as a foreign journalist in town to do research on prostitutions in Los Angeles. They give him a ride-along, the courtesy of a ride-along, show him where the street prostitutes work. <laughs> he comes back and kills three of them uh, while he's in town. So these guys don't think like you and I think, and there's a lot of narcissism involved. Involved, and uh, that's one of uh, a number of uh, sort of interesting cases. George is an independent in uh, Sykestown, Missouri. Hey, uh, was that Geraldo he was talking about? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> is that a story or what? That's great. Wow. And speaking of FBI agents, um, you know, I, the, the, uh, the C-SPAN call-in shows fascinate me because they have, once again, yeah, they've got kind of the... The dorky-looking chick that, that didn't make the cut at Fox News. No, not even at Fox News. These these women don't even make the cut at uh, Russia Today. No, there's been a couple of good-looking nah. ones. This one here is very pretty, yeah. You well, just don't watch it. I don't, yeah, well, I've been on the road. I've been living out of a box. So uh, she has um, an FBI agent on named Sean Henry. And Sean Henry is in charge of parts of the cyber unit. Now, of course... Uh, he's on to propagate the formula about how we need a lot more money for uh, for oh, the yeah. cyber. De- In fact, it's eleven billion dollars. They have this right. This was I was watching this last week. Every other show on C-SPAN was about cyber crimes or the potential and all the rest of it. They're trying to get money. Yeah, squirrel. Be very very afraid of the cyber terrorists. So. Here she is following the script, and uh, and his answer kind of was interesting to me because he contradicts himself. And then I want to play two of the callers that called in, and I have an idea about this. Threat to our nation's infrastructure, hacking into the information technology systems that run... Information technology systems! Ooh, hacking, hacking! The electrical grid and otherwise. All right, so uh, our uh, electrical power grid, our infrastructure, they communicate using computers, and the ability for an adversary to try and intercept those communications or degrade those communications, or to, to infiltrate the networks that run those uh, those uh, infrastructures would have a cascading uh, effect and impact on this country. If we were to... 
electricity uh, in uh, a major city for a protracted period of time. Uh, we all saw what happened, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Uh, after just a few days, there was uh, civil unrest within the city. People were without food. They weren't able to pump gas. It was hard to find water. Uh, those are the critical infrastructures that supply us with our necessary day-to-day -day, uh, goods and, and services. And without that, it would be certainly a significant impact on our country. So what he actually says is he says that, you know, when, when they get into the grid, then there's a domino effect and there'll be pandemonium. We're all going to die. We, we'll have riots in the streets, no food, no, no, no nothing. But it's what he's contradicting himself because with Katrina, yeah, it was very bad in Louisiana, but it didn't spread. Not like the grid went down from New York to California. Yeah, this is reminds me of the Y2K fears in yeah. the year 2000, where all these things were going to happen, and then it turns out nothing happened. So then uh, they start to take a couple of calls, and uh, here's a suggestion for all you producers out there. Please pay attention to these C-SPAN call-in shows, because they're, I mean, it's a low budget, the hosts are working off a script, we can do so much cool stuff with this. And this is the place where you need to start calling in, not just with an in the morning. Of course, you need to do an in the morning to identify, but you've got to say no agenda show, the best podcast in the world. You could also say shutupslaves.com, but propagate the formula on these shows because other people are doing it. And by the way, we would pick up a lot of listeners because the people that listen to these shows, that watch these shows and call in, they are prime no agenda material. We've got to get the word out. And through C-SPAN, I, I have to say, is the way to do it. Here's example number one. Yeah, if you had, Greta, you could con conduct this interview with anyone from any nation out there that has any uh, impact, and they could say the same thing, that the United States is hacking the rest of the world also. So let's have a little bit of balance here. And between NSA and FBI and CIA and the Defense Department, we're hacking countries all over the place. All right, let's talk about that. Sean Henry. So the, the caller's talking about other agencies. My role in the FBI is in threat <laughs> mitigation, the attacks that we face here in... And, I love that. Uh, looking at who those adversaries are and how do we, we thwart those attacks. Can we share intelligence that we collect with the Department of Homeland Security and others to help make this country safer? So those are other agencies outside of the FBI that do that sort of thing? Well, I, I don't have any information about <laughs> U.S. intelligence capabilities as this gentleman's described. No, I have I no, wanna... no information about that. So that was beautiful, right? I mean, this is a total no agenda type person. And uh, these people are watching these shows, so we need to get to them, and you need to tell... It's live, by the way. You need to tell these, uh, these hosts and, and put these uh, agents from three-letter agencies on notice that we're out there, that we're watching them. Here's the one that was my favorite, though. Independent in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Morning, Richard. Yes, first of all, I want to thank you for C-SPAN. Um, what I'm going to talk about is basically drop everything. This is a red alert. <laughs> we are talking about the electromagnetic pulse threat. There is an author, his name is Drew Miller. His book is called R-O-H-A-N Nation. By the way, this is happening, and the, and the spook guy, he's like writing down stuff, like he's writing down the name of the author, and the host is like, smoke <laughs> is coming out of her ears, where this guy's like, this is a red alert. Reinventing America after the 2020 collapse, 
talking about the EMP and viruses. Now I'm going to explain to the American people what I'm trying to explain. I am talking about the solar flares of the sun that in 90 minutes could take out our grid system in our country. All right, that was Richard, an independent rice like Wisconsin. Here's a tweet. All right, that was Richard. Yeah, they Thank, cut him off. Usually. Thanks for your call. Well, of course, the guy, he's, he's nuttier than I am. But if, they, if that guy can get through, I mean, he would be great to listen to our show. Yeah. We need these people, so please. Yeah, I, no, I think we need... Right. What? We, we're, we're dropping... Uh, you Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. We're dropping the ball on a lot of this, and I think people out there have to help us and get on it, because we can't keep calling these shows, and, uh, you know, we do what we can, and we have to do the show, too, so, but, yeah, people should do that. I mean, the Howard Stern used to, he got an army of people calling in and doing goofy stuff, but we, we can do it seriously. We don't have to be goofy. No, I mean, we, and all these topics are great, and, like, the first caller... I played those. I mean, there's a whole bunch of calls. The whole thing, you need to see it. Link in the show notes at uh, 332.nashownotes.com. I mean, the whole thing is, is, you know, is just filled with these great calls. Some of them are stupid, of course, but it's really easy to get past the screeners. And my point is that other no-agenda-minded people are watching these shows. So it's perfect to go and propagate the formula, pick up new listeners, and get a little bit of PR at the same time. So uh, it's just a, a PR mention that I think uh, we should really take advantage of. Now, there's one other thing. Okay, that, so I have a couple. Can I, I, let me just do one thing, and then we can wind it up, because I know your, your stuff's better. I just have one thing that's top of the news. Go. Yes. Uh, Matt Taibbi, Rolling Stone magazine. If you haven't read it yet, it's the, the new uh, edition. Uh, he essentially got some documents about a whistleblower at the SEC. Nothing you haven't heard before on the No Agenda Show program, podcast.com or gov. Um, but uh, he essentially has uncovered the following. The SEC has uh, several levels of investigations. Basically, any preliminary inquiry is what they call an, a MUI, a matter under inquiry. <laughs> uh, and a MUI is just any investigation that's before the level of a formal inquiry. Right. And what they've been doing, dating back to 1993, is they've been destroying the records of any MUI uh, that has not proceeded to a full investigation. So all these preliminary investigations of Bernie Madoff, AIG, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Lehman Brothers, uh, as many as 18,000 cases, the evidence for all of them has been destroyed. So if somebody had uh, had, a, had a, just a, a brilliant realization about what Madoff was doing mm -hmm. in 2004, and there had been an investigation in 1999 with somebody else who'd moved on, who'd had the same idea, there'd be no, for the guy in 2004, there'd be no record from 1999, no, no and way for the guy in 2008, there'd be no record of either of them. Exactly. There wow. was no way to cross-reference them. That's exactly what happened. Somebody would call in with a tip, or they'd get a tip from FINRA or from from the New York Stock Exchange about suspicious trades. Oh. You get a team of SEC oh. guys would look into it for a few weeks, maybe a couple of months. They'd do some interviews. They'd ask for permission to proceed. It might get rejected by a future employee of Bernie Madoff or a Citigroup, and then they would shred the shred the documents afterwards. So um, uh, th this, of course, is the Olbermann show. Unfortunately, what's his name? Kendra Kendra Olbermann. Um, so unfortunately, it's on his show, which kind of makes me suspicious. That uh, there's there's some setup going on here. The fact that Rolling Stone gets all this stuff anyway is always you know we we find uh, curious to say the least. And uh, Taibbi has a lot, and the, the article is very good. It's much better than this uh, than this interview. And he goes into 
um, the revolving door at the SEC, how lawyers who are supposed to be investigating companies uh, drop one of these investigations, and then literally four weeks later, they're working at one of the banks. He has multiple examples of that. And then, of course, the, uh, the fact that the SEC actually allows banks to appoint outside law firms to investigate whatever one of these cases might be, which is weird to say the least. The SEC started going toward a model uh, where they would allow companies to investigate themselves during this movie stage. What they would do is they'd get a complaint, and then they'd go back to the company and they'd say, could you hire a lawyer and look into yourself and then file a report back to us so, so we can decide whether or not to investigate you? Now, apparently this system worked okay for a couple of years, but when they put Cox in, my sources tell me that this process just became a joke and these, and these investigations just were routinely went nowhere. So had you read this article, John, in the Rolling Stone? Not yet, no. Oh, it's really, it's, it's no, an no. eye-opener, it's really good. However, I believe it's a red, well, not even a red herring. Um, well, maybe it is a red herring because Taibbi basically spills the beans here at the end, saying that the very same attorney, Inspector General, yeah, Inspector General Cox, where this all this stuff flourished and was not investigating, Taibbi's now saying, oh, no, it's all going to turn out. They'll do something really good with it. The SEC Inspector General David Kotz actually is a pretty investi uh, uh, aggressive in, uh, Inspector General, and I, I actually do think that something might really? come out of it. I mean, the, the the record of Inspectors General in the past decade or so hasn't been great, but apparently this one is, is a pretty good one. So there, people do have hope for this. Yeah, so uh, dream on, Taibbi, dream on. This is going to be mm. no, no, no one's going to jail. But it, it's a great article to read. Link in the show notes, 332.nashownotes.com. Uh, of course, we've been all over the SEC and uh, how they've, they're basically completely in collusion with the banks. And uh, someone should uh, at least throw a shoe at them, if, if nothing else. I have a couple of uh, deconstructions of some stuff Chertoff said at the Aspen... Uh, some Aspen conference on security. Now, and also, just a reminder that Michael Chertoff, uh, former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who is now uh, selling body scanners and, I don't know, handcuffs and whips and chains back to his former employer. So I got a couple, but I want to do that on, on Thursday. I also have uh, some um, some interesting spook events that went on with the Deputy Directors, uh, former Deputy Director of the CIA and the current Deputy Director of DIA. Uh, and I've concluded that the Deputy Directors are the COOs, the guys who actually run the agencies, mm -hmm. as opposed to the stooge they put at the top, And which will be again on Thursday show. But uh, just to finish off, I do have uh, uh, a clip. There's a story going around about the killer amoeba. And I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> I've heard about this. So Fox uh, tries to sensationalize it over the weekend, but they end up with one of their substitute guys who, who passes it off with information I haven't heard. Everyone's trying to sensationalize the story. This guy says this has been going on for decades, this amoeba, and it just so happens to be getting attention now. And you can play the Kilo Amoeba clip to see how this, how this story just dies right on Fox. This deadly brain-eating amoeba, uh, we've already had three deaths this year, and it seems like the treatment options are much less, uh, more potent for that. Yeah, well, listen, this is a, this is a very strange single-cell organism. Uh, it's been about 137 cases for you know uh, several decades now, so it's not that rare. The problem is that 
that this particular year you have a very hot summer down south. You have temperatures of 105 degrees. You have very little rain in places like Texas, Florida, and things like that. All right, what's the movie? Come on, spill the beans. The Killer Amoeba movie? It's got to be something like that. Well, there's got to be something going on, because apparently this guy says that uh, averages 137 cases a year for the last 20 years. So why is it news now? So, that, so I thought that was a, uh, a movie. There's a movie. There's got to be a movie. You know, by there's the got to be a movie. Yeah, Brad Pitt's doing a zombie movie. Duh. Hence all of well, the zombie you stories. That. I wish I had the... Yeah, it's in the red book. I wish I had book. the red... I don't know if it is. I think it predates the red book. This, your zombie prediction thing is way old. Yeah, and you said that's vampires. Weird, I mean, you said vampires. And I said no. It's going to be zombies. Zombies is what the what I never. The, the I thing don't. Is. I didn't put. It's not in the red book, so I, I don't care. Um, there's also uh, the Japan children radiation clip is kind of distressing because apparently, who knew this was going to happen? Uh, the Japanese were so much in denial about their radiation problem, they didn't give their kids. Uh, iodine supplements, which they need to prevent uh, the radioactive iodine from going to the thyroid. And so we get this report. A new study by the Japanese government has found nearly half the children surveyed in three towns near the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant have traces of radioactive elements in their thyroid glands. The Japanese government maintains that none of the children showed radiation levels that would be problematic, but the study's findings have fueled concern over the long-term fallout from the nuclear disaster. Radioactive iodine tends to gather in the thyroid glands of minors in particular, increasing the risk of developing cancer later in life. Yay! Good work, (laughs) Japanese. Rock on, Joppers. (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, and then finally, I don't really have any, I mean, there's other stuff, but I think we might as well just see if there's anything maybe we could discover. I've, I've been, somebody changed jobs at the extra show. And so we, we still hear a couple of extra extras, but we don't have that big wind up anymore. So I'm going to probably stop using clips from extra because they're, they used to have this great wind up and then they'd go extra, 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 and they play all these little clips. This is what it sounds like now. Now on extra. New video, Kim Kardashian in white hours before her $10 million wedding. Congratulations, guys. Extra has every angle covered. The two rehearsal dinners. Kim today revealing her last-minute makeover. Spray tanning, midnight call to do my eyebrows. Breaking details on the wedding from here in Montecito. Could it be the most expensive celeb wedding in history? How much they spend on these crystal-lined invites alone. The new twist in the Housewives suicide. Did Russell Armstrong threaten Taylor Sloan planning the funeral? Plus, lost photos of an unrecognizable Tampa ball wife shocking new nuclear blowout. No, you Extra's GPS tracking Brad and Angie's new home, the 16th century castle. Barbara Streisand shoots down the retirement rumors. The music legend's all-new confessions. I never sing in the shower either. Plus a sneak peek at Rosie's new talk show for Oprah. Hi, it's me, Khan. Good to see you. You know what the problem is? It's uh, the summer months, so the guy that normally cuts the promo, he's not doing it. And uh, it's someone who just, you know, it's too much work. They had a deadline. They couldn't get all the extra, extra things in there. Or he couldn't find the assets. He couldn't it find sucks, the clips. And they don't yeah. have that big wind-up at the beginning. Yeah. All right, uh, let me just finish up with a couple things that I'm working on for Thursday's show, for the big 333 show. Again, so uh, the only thing I got out of that was that uh, Rosie O'Donnell's got a talk show. Yeah, great. 
So uh, let me just wind it up, John, from my end with a couple of things that I'm working on for the big 333 show. Uh, Tom Vilzak came out. Remember that big announcement that he was going to make? I guess he spilled the beans early. Uh, the uh, FDA, led by former Monsanto shill Tom Vilsack, announced the U.S. Department of Agriculture has signed a Memorandum of Understanding, an MOU, with the Council on Foundations to provide new sources of capital, new job opportunities, workforce investment strategies, and identification of additional resources that can be used to spur economic growth in rural America. This is the part 1B of Agenda 21, and who, of course, who you want to know who are the Council on Foundations? Well, this is the Rockefellers. And it's, I mean, you look at this Council on Foundations website, uh... So that's one thing I'm working on. I want to talk about that on Thursday yeah. some more because I want to because this Agenda 21 thing is getting on my nerves. Yeah, so that's uh, so I'm working on that. I just need some actual bandwidth to be able to uh, uh, to be able to handle it. Another thing is that the uh, Air Force Official Special Investigations Unit raided a, a Nevada Central Valley gun store on Friday, yelling. Search warrant, search warrant, uh, but I'm sorry, you cannot have the military doing this in the United States. It is against the Constitution, so that's something that I'm uh, looking into and investigating. You can't have the actual army doing that. And uh, What? So, yeah, I know. The Air Force, a special operations unit of the Air Force, raided a gun store... And this is part of the new meme. This is like if, you know, it's like, eh, whatever. We need the army. We can't have, you can't have our military doing police work in the United States. It's illegal. Well, it happened in Nevada. Harry Reid's state. Then there's, uh, this, by the way, is also part of the ISIS story. Uh, Ex-Goldman Sachs VP changed his name. After he was convicted, and now he's lobbying. He's, he's right back in the saddle again. There's just so much stuff going on. And Blackwater is uh, Verizon Security Force. Uh, Z, actually, I should say. The uh, consultants formerly known as the Blackwaters. Uh, they are now protecting uh, Verizon's assets uh, during this uh, standoff uh, slash strike. So that could get kind of interesting. And then I have tons. Well, I figured we'd have the mercenaries working in the borders of the USA. That makes sense. Yeah, and then I want all producers out there who are um, actually posting on noagendanewsnetwork.com and uh, emailing me. And if you've emailed for an account, uh, you'll be set up uh, sometime next week. I just haven't had the literally the bandwidth to do it while uh, on the road. Uh, the flash mob meme is now out of control. Everything is a flash mob. Uh, it, 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 whenever there's a group of people, it's a flash mob, and uh, this is now this is just more stuff that's going to be used to turn off part portions of the internet. And luckily, it'll start with Facebook and Twitter, and we can keep our own servers. But the licensing is not far behind. And that concludes the. Suckiest show in our history. No, I think we did a, had a show once that was worse. Really? In terms of connectivity. In terms of connectivity, yeah. Well, but 
basically it's just you and me talking to somebody else, and then once in a while, like someone responds, like didn't flow. Yeah. No, we would have normally uh, pushed the show off to the afternoon or evening, but you have no choice. No, I have no choice. And the worst part is I actually miss talking to you. I might have to call you later just to chat. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, uh, this is all a setup for Groovy Karma for show 333. That's what will be coming your way on Thursday. I'll be back at the Watchtower, the Hilltop Crackpot Command Center. Uh, hopefully, uh, if the cable bill got paid while I was away, with great connectivity. Coming to you from the... Oops, there's no Wi-Fi here near the NSA in the woods. Our last show from the Duchess in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I have good connectivity, but all the good it does me, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Thursday for show 333, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A